Hi everybody, welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast episode 95. I am your host back in the basement looking across the tiny table at my co-host and teenage son Jack. Say hi Jack. Hi, it just occurred to me. What? Um, we still need ideas for 100. We do. We got five weeks to figure this out, what we we're going to do. I don't um, know. People suggest something. Suggest something. That would be useful to me because I don't know. <laughs> we not smart. We need help. Me not If anyone no has a suggestion. Mm-hmm. We are in the midst of a heat wave here in Southern Ontario, and I am not complaining heat. because I love the heat, but it's been, what, it got up to 32 today, which is probably around 90 Fahrenheit. You know what I was thinking is strange? Mm-hmm because we have a pool, uh, which is now open, and we were in it the last couple days. When we talk about pool temperature, we do Fahrenheit. Right. But when yeah. we talk about air temperature, we talk about Celsius. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why that is. I think because the, the thermometer on the pool thing is in Fahrenheit, and I've just never changed it. different from air. So now I'm comfortable with it. But yeah, so we... Yeah, I feel like it'd be weird to switch now. Had some friends over last night, a couple families for some food and drinks and swimming. Felt kind of like summer already, so it was great finally but i think it's going to cool off next week again and then today's been nuts for me we're a bit late putting this one out because i was chauffeuring the younger boy around to basketball practice we had a two-hour practice this morning and then he had a birthday party that was basketball as well so a couple hours there so i just it's been a busy day for me driving around in the heat so finally found the time what you want to be doing so just finished the rest we also fell behind watching wrestling this week why was that Oh, because we had people over last night, and then you swam on Thursday night, too. So we ended up finishing up some wrestling. It's going to be fresh in our minds, because we We watched nearly the whole show today. Yeah, we just finished Dynamite about five minutes before coming down here, so we were a bit behind, but we're determined to get out our episode on our regular scheduled day. So welcome if you're a new listener. Welcome back if you're a returning listener. And I don't know, what do you want to talk about? Anything new and exciting in your life before we get into wrestling talk? No. Nothing really? uh, No. Can't think of anything? Nothing's exciting happened to you? You had a new Uh, bubble tea that was good? Oh, yeah, I had that today. Um, No, but I don't really do stuff. I don't really do stuff so far. Once summer hits, you might do stuff. Yeah. yeah, You're busy with school and stuff. We'll see. But anyways, I don't know. Uh, I figure we... Because I'm looking to get through this because it's game seven of the Maple Leafs, which even though I'm not a Maple Leaf fan or really a hockey fan, I've been invited to a game seven sort of get together tonight that I'm going to try and get to just to have some fun and hang out. And I just looked down and what did I see? I did not plug in the laptop that of is recorded. You didn't. So I will do that. Why would, why would you plug it in? Not like that's happened before. That was like an early issue for us. Hasn't it happened more than once? I feel no, like for it, sure. Where we ended up re-recording hours. No, we definitely did more than once. I, and I, now I I've gotten remember. smarter because each segment I stop and save it right right and then right. put in the little whoa uh, revealing exposing the business here <laughs> i am exposing <laughs> the business and then put in the little what is that interstitial the little bit of music in between so if you i got say so smart. i don't know things basically it only took me probably 30 or 40 episodes to get smart and figure out how to make sure i'm not going to lose the information that we have already mm-hmm. spoken. spoken but anyways enough about the production process of this amazing podcast i say we get into talking about some wrestling and the first thing every week is to take a look at some of the week's wrestling news and rumors we were just talking about it seems to be a pretty light news week this week right but i've still got my ratings and a couple other things to talk about so ratings wise 
Um, wasn't a great week for either show that we uh, keep track of every week. So this week's live edition of NXT 2.0 drew 533,000 viewers, which is down 19.36% from the week before, earned a 0.10 in the 18 to 49 demo, which is down 23.07%. Kind of makes sense because last week was like a special episode, right? Although this one, I don't know. I don't know. If, would you call it a special episode? It was just basically all women's it matches, was, right? right. So uh, a little bit. I don't know. No. I don't think they promoted it Different. as such, which not. is is good because they shouldn't have promoted it as anything special. It's <laughs> not to spoil my review, but um, so the it's the lowest audience and key demo in the history of the show on USA Network. So obviously not good. But to be fair, again, it is still in competition with NBA playoffs as well as NHL playoffs, which probably matters less in the United States, but would affect them more up here in Canada. So not a great week for them. Same for Dynamite, not great for them. They averaged 840,000 viewers. Um, oh, sorry, actually, they're up 0.8%, it looks like, and a 0.33 in the demo, so up 3.1%, but still the second lowest uh, audience the show has drawn since moving to TBS, and the demo rating ties the third lowest rating. And again, they had their usual NBA playoff and probably NHL. I didn't make a note of it, but I think NHL playoffs have been most nights as well. So just... Good old sports getting in the way of their ratings, I guess. But for some mm -hmm. reason, I remembered AEW's rating was down. So I apologize. It wasn't that terrible a week for them, but not great for NXT. <laughs> Anyways, what do you have? Um, Tony Khan was talking about titles and stuff. Right. And he says more titles are to come. And actually, I have one thing I like from this is in an interview with Canada's TSN. Ooh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah Canada. That's us. Yeah, TSN. That's what we watch it on. So cleverly, an acronym for. Do you know what it's an acronym for? It's really clever. Turd Sports Network. The Sports Network. That makes more sense. Clever. Um, so he revealed the existence and impending debut of the Trios Championships, which is nothing oh, new. Oh, he confirmed. Um, it is truthful that I have made yes. the belts. I made them a long time ago. To be honest with you, they've never been seen. I did have them made. Um, and that so he me. also went on to say, I do have more championship belts in my possession nope. that have never been unveiled than anybody might suspect. The TBS championship was in my office for months at the shows before anybody knew it was going to be unveiled. Um, so that is cool. And then he also said, we have a lot of great trios here. I am much more receptive to doing it when Kenny Omega is back. Also not new information, but that's, so that's kind of cool. Um, I'm hoping he doesn't go overboard with that. And I think he's probably smart. Yeah, so. I, I'm excited for trios titles for sure. We've talked about it on here many, many I times. I have. I think we definitely need the trios titles. I think Me that's, too. that's definitely coming. Then I just need like, I think we need one more mid cartel because nope. their, their roster's too much. Like they need something else. And the TNT title is like more of a TV title anyway. So I feel like I they just need find something. every title you add makes every title feel slightly less significant. And we're at the tipping point I, for me right I understand now. that, but I think their rosters... Then you better get rid of the FTW. Yeah. Like, just get rid of it. Yeah, or uh, keep that on dark, because I don't really care about that. Yeah, that's fine, if you want to throw it on the internet. I don't even count the FTW title, just because it's, like, he hardly defends it, and it's just, like... But it's so... never been recognized by them, really. No, wasn't like, it? Like, as an actual thing, it's was, just... I thought there... Or, no, well, that was the segment Taz wanted it to be sanctioned, right? I think so. Anyways. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah. Um, so that is cool. That is cool. I, I, unfortunately, we're going to talk about Killer Cross again and Scarlet Bordeaux because they recently spoke. It was a slow week, I told you. So <laughs> this is what you get. Um, they recently spoke with Wrestling Inc., um, Nick Hausman, and Karrion Cross. Is that what he's going by now? I don't even know. He's Killer Cross. Karrion Cross, Cross was NXT. NXT. So Killer Cross, my apologies, claims. Notice I threw the word claims in there. 
that both ROH and New Japan Wrestling were interested in him at one point. He was told that ROH was interested in having uh, he and Scarlett for Supercard of Honor. That's dumb. Then Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor, and the person, according to Cross, that he was dealing with who represented Ring of Honor obviously no longer worked for the company, mm-hmm. right? So so basically, thank you, Tony Khan. And I am totally fine with that falling through, right? Exactly. Like Cross to ROH falling through. So yeah, I just... That was one little nugget I found. What else do you have? So basically, thank you, Tony Khan. Yeah, a little exactly. bit, yes. For Trios Belt and for not following through on Carrie and Killer, sorry, Cross. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so RK Bro versus Usos, the tag title unification matches on SmackDown next week. Because why put it on Backlash when you can put it on SmackDown? Right. Oh, yeah, Backlash update. We watched three matches and never went back to it. I am yet to finish it, and I don't think I will. Cody, Seth Rollins, really good. Yeah, Here's your turbo good. review. What um, else do we see? Omos, Omos, and Lashley, not good. No. Like, shouldn't be on it. The guy, why is he on a pay-per-view? I don't know. Honestly. Because um, I see reviews and people are like, you know, he did, a, he did a pretty good job. It was better, that, but it's still not good. It's still on a pay-per-view. Uh, what was the other match we saw? They were all repeats of Mania, so then we just... Oh, um, Edge Styles. Right, which was fine. Uh, I, I didn't think okay. it was great. But yeah, that's our review. And Ray Ripley joined the faction, and then Edge right. copied her haircut the next night. I do like her joining the faction. That makes a lot of this sense This faction to me. looks so lame. But um, yeah, so we did not finish it. Lame. So that tells you how good it was. Yeah. Um, sorry, back to the news. First ever Queen of the Mountain match announced for Impact Slammiversary. I was going to ask what that was, and I immediately remember what that was, and now I don't want to watch that. Jeff Jarrett wins the The reverse all, ladder match. So, yeah, Gail Kim announced it, and the uh, participants... Why are they bringing that back? I don't know. They Ooh, love their weird gimmick that, matches. But that, like... I give them marks for trying stuff. A lot of it's not good, but no, they at but least try so stuff. No, it's so stupid, it's like a reverse line. Like, you want to hang the thing. Yes. And then take it back off because you won. Unless they decide to tweak the rules a little, maybe, maybe since it's and been so long. And then there's, so like, the penalty box in yes, the old ones, that's right? right. Um, but, like, I understand when you do the first female Ultima X, because, A, that's a cool match. It B, is. B, they still use it. They do. Um... I don't think there's many people who like King of the Mountain, and also doesn't I doesn't do anything for me. I don't remember the last time they did it, me and either. it's stupid. So I'm hoping because it's been gone so long, they'll tweak the rules. But it's Tasha Steele's defending against uh, Mia Yim, who just arrived in Ew. Impact. Uh, Chelsea Green, mm, she's, Ew. Uh, I think she's overrated, frankly, but that's just me. Jordan Grace, love her, she's awesome, and Perazzo, awesome, nice. one of my favorites. So. Right, then she's like five. And I don't think Mia Yim's too bad. I don't think she'll she's on the level of Perazzo for sure, but she's, I, I, I don't know. forgive her. She made Shayna Baszler have a bad match, okay? I saw that with my own two eyes. And even Tasha Steeles, who Toronto. I saw had an amazing match in, what tournament was that? Anyway, she had a great- Was it Knockouts Knockdown? Yes, it was. Oh, yeah. And I haven't seen her have a match that good since, because I was like, oh, this, uh, she's actually quite good. And anyways, um, so that match will happen. Anything else from you? I only have one more. Um, I do have one more as well. Um, so AEW is reportedly um planning to bring back mm-hmm. a certain ten man tag. Would you like to guess which one it is? A certain ten man tag. Yeah, one of their the big the tag stadium match. whatever. Stampede. Blood and guts. Oh, what does that entail? Just the big cage again? Yeah, that yeah. one. Is that the one Jericho? "Quote unquote," got thrown off of. That was the one onto um, a pillow. Yeah. So there's no currently no word on when it'll happen, but it'll likely be Jazz versus Kingston, Ugh. Santana, Ortiz, Mox, Danielson. Which so, I mean, I like the babyface team there, but yeah, 
I don't really care about jazz. And that's the problem, right? We dislike jazz, but not from the perspective where we want to see them get beaten right. up. I just don't really want to see them anymore. I'm just kind of like, ugh. Anyways, we'll get to them as well. Uh, my last one. Chris Jericho has filed uh, to trademark two names this month. Wizard. One, one is the wizard. And do you know what the other one is? AW Galaxy? No. So on May 5th, he tr- filed to trademark the wizard. And on May 6th, he filed to trademark the watch. So uh-huh. I don't know. What, he hasn't made reference to it yet, but obviously he's got that the in his The wizard one they used last week, and also on this week, he referenced it because he did the fireball. Because the fireball, exactly. Um, um, so my question to you... How many stupid trademarks does he need? No, because I'm not enjoying the sports entertainer gimmick. So what if, what if his gimmick isn't sports entertainer, but instead like a wrestler having a midlife crisis and just trying all of these things to try and stay relevant? Like, to me, that's more interesting. I'm not, Maybe, con- but I'm not convinced that's what I he's would, doing. But... I would like to see some proof that that's what it is. Because like, then that, that makes more sense to me. But also, I don't know if I want to like see that either. Like, that's why he dyed his hair and got in shape, right? These are all things. That, and surrounded himself with new, younger, cool people like Garcia. Triple H. So I'm wondering if, I don't know, I maybe I just want it to be something better, so I'm I'm fantasy booking it, but I think that would be, it'd be more interesting it to me than be, what they're doing now. Um, and I don't think that'll happen. No, I don't either. I just don't know how you'd reveal it, right? But anyways. Exactly. Like, yeah, I don't know how you go about that. Um, I'm done with news. You? Me also. All right. So let's uh, move into talking about what we just finished watching about five minutes ago, and that would be this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. Um, so we open the show with the uh, Own Heart Tournament quarterfinal, which I feel like it's weird to call it a quarterfinal if it's the first round. I mean, it is a quarterfinal. It's just, I feel like it, it's just kind of odd sounding. And, and unfortunately, the show starts out with the match of the night. Kind of peaks early. Pretty easily. Yes. For me, at Pretty least. easily. Yep. Um, some of the notables from the match, Dax uh, slid between Cole's legs. Hit, he hit a series of jabs and then dropped Cole with a right hand and then another one. Uh, Cole took control of the match by sending Dax in the ring post underneath the bottom rope so he kind of Looked slid awesome. under the bottom turnbuckle hit so that's pretty cool it's kind of like the mysterio when he slides yes. through the bottom onto the floor but instead the right. ring post stopped him it um this good. would kind of come into the finish actually yeah um, that's right dax hits uh two consecutive german suplexes cole countered hit one of his own he hung on to kind of go for the consecutive chain as well but dax countered and hit a third german suplex um pretty nice slingshot powerbomb by dax for two typical staple of his moveset now um, Cole caught a mid-rope dive from Dax with a super kick, uh, mid-air for two count. Dax countered the pin into a crucifix for two. Imagine winning a match with that. Impossible. On this show. Impossible. Impossible. Well, no, because it wasn't the guy's finisher, so he can't. Oh. You can't counter the into a crucifix unless it's his finisher. That's a pretty protected finisher, <laughs> and you're a a veteran who should be putting. Anyways, we'll get there. Foreshadowing. <laughs> we'll get there. Sorry, um, I'm, I'm ready to rant about that because we just <laughs> watched it, right? And I'm still a bit heated. Uh, Cole knocks Dax off the apron and he flops like a fish. It looked awesome. That was, and you said, it was such an Ortiz thing. Right, like, you were like, it's sort of like Ortiz's diving, spl- his splash that's thing. Just like, that's... Yeah, that, and then like I feel that's just like the kind of sell that Ortiz would do. It looked like, good. That's, just, that's such an Ortiz thing yep. to do. Um, and Dax barely beats the count in. Cole locks him in a sharpshooter for the win. Uh, um, Opposed to the main event, I thought that was a, re- a good way to finish it. Yeah, this was, I really like this match. There was awesome energy from the crowd right away, or as my notes say, the crows. 
<laughs> I hit D. I hit S instead of D when I wrote crow because right beside each other in my defense. <laughs> the crows. Um, nice the intense. AW crows. Really good intensity from both guys. It felt like right out of the gate, right that this was an important fight for some reason. Um, I love the sit out power bomb off of the like the what is that the slingshot? Is that what you'd call that? Yeah, I love that. Power it bomb, looks yeah. awesome. Uh, the pile driver Dax hit looks good. The sharpshooter, like the crowd went nuts for that sharpshooter, right? So I don't know. I thought this match was excellent. You had the like simple stakes, which I like, right? You've got a tournament match, but also like Dax's well-documented love of the Hart family made this kind of feel important to me. The crowd added to it. In-ring work was terrific. And I told you, and who is su- supporting me on this? Was it Punk, you said? That mm-hmm. Dax Harwood is becoming one of my favorite yeah, wrestlers. Yeah, Punk said like uh, Dax is... Dax is his favorite um, from the first half of the year. Like he, every match he's in, tag match, singles match, doesn't matter to me. He's been fantastic. And then you've got Adam Cole, who's always great playing off of an over baby face, which Dax is at this point, right? I thought they worked really well together. I'm selfishly, I would love, I would have loved to have Dax win this match, but I didn't think that he really would. But still, nonetheless, like a really, a really strong opener. And unfortunately, the high point of the show for me, pretty much. You? Um, yeah, I thought this was pretty good, like, um, a good choice for an opener. Um, I thought it was a great choice for an opener. I think they could have done better, um, but they did a good job here, no doubt. Um, but they're definitely capable of better, I think. Um, like what we, you said about the Dax cash match, like, good, but they're definitely capable yeah. of better. Um, I figured Cole would get the win. <laughs> um, but I liked how he went with the sharpshooter, because it works on a multiple, multiple levels, which mm-hmm. I like. Um, hearkening back to the... Only good thing me and Roster's done all year, Reigns and Rollins. It was great. Um, because it targeted the back that he had been working on whole match with um Dax. It mocks FTR who've been imploring that lately, and then it's also a tribute to Owen Hart. So right. I think that it works on those levels. So I think that's pretty cool. It was cool. Um, well, a well done finish, or at least like choosing your finisher move it was well done, <laughs> and I can't say that for, for all the matches. Yeah, they did not bookend the show with. Uh, quality like this, they could unfortunately. Not, uh, do the same later they on. They did not. Oh, funny we mentioned that. We get a Jeff Hardy Darby Allen promo package. Darby says nobody wants to see them wrestle and they will go nuts. In fact, they will not wrestle. That is a There's very little wrestling line. to be had there, yep. Uh, Hardy says he has been studying Allen. He also said something else. Did I catch it? Hell no. My only note was Darby Allen, Jeff Hardy vignette, dot, 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 they're extreme. that is true so that was yeah um alan says he asked tony Khan one thing to wave off the rules and let him show what the dream match could be or something like that um solid package and i guess it makes the stipulation change make more sense like you said they are extreme obviously cue that darby will do something stupid in fact that has happened yeah darby was fine here he seems to be getting a little more comfortable on the mic it's him and jungle boy right trying to just getting a little more comfortable as they speak it seems so yeah it, it was fine i mean i don't whatever it's not a surprise that this is the match we're going to end up with because they both like to do extreme stuff so there you go someone's going to dive off something another person's going to dive off something yep. and finally someone will dive off something diving off of things the match diving off of things you know we just need like a mixed tag you need like a team i would absolutely hate well you need jeff and shotzi and then you need like darby and someone else who was another female who dives off of things and don't say core jade that does not count well <laughs> she dives off of oh, never we'll get she to that sometimes too. does i don't know i can't think of someone who uh, dives off of things Eo dies off of things yeah, but... okay well you could do that that works well enough i miss her uh-huh wait what's she doing right I now? i have no idea 
I just realized I don't even know what she's doing. She's with Miro somewhere. Just they vaporized <laughs> somehow. Exactly. Just, well, just dropped off the face Yoshirai's of the earth. Are you saying in Bulgaria? Maybe. Could be touring there. I don't know. Yeah, she, Yoshirai's They have a strong independent scene in Bulgaria? Uh, they could. That That's not out of the question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we move to CM Punk versus hometown boy John Silver. A Punk comes in a Long Island jersey and uh, matching ring gear, like with the colors. And he wants his music cut to hear the booze, and he finishes entrance with like uh, booze, um, a la Tommaso Ciampa. Yep. And um, Hangman came out for commentary here too, right? Indeed, he did. Uh, did I note a lot from this match? Nope. Um, Me either. A couple of notables because it wasn't super long, and I don't know. I I usually try to slim it now. I like mostly. that. I like that about you. Yes. Cuts this under two and a half hours, possibly. <laughs> although uh, possibly we still start rambling about stuff. Anyways. We always do that. We do that every time. Yep. Uh, there's a really crisp uh, three kick combo from Silver and a brain buster for two. That awesome. was awesome. Uh, Punk caught Silver with a roundhouse kick. Later, single leg drop kick. That was kind of me scrambling for another notable. Um, Punk won with a buckshot lariat because he's a little stinker. He and is. And then he's after, it was after he stared at Hangman. He was on commentary. Um, Hangman walks down the ring after Punk grabs a mic, asks if Hangman is angry. He thinks Hangman took it personal last week. Punk says it's just business when it comes to the title. He says he used to wake up and ask himself if he was a good guy. No. And this morning he asked if he was the champion. He said yes. No. Um, he said he just destroyed Hangman's boy and it is a blueprint for what he will do to Hangman. And he will shake his hand whether Hangman is conscious or not. And he mocking off his hand before Hangman walks off. So it's weird because this match started out babyface babyface and they're both kind of remember we thought last week uh hangman was leaning heel a bit and then we speculated that maybe punk's gonna like out heal him and we're so that does seem to be sort of what's going on here um the match i mean it wasn't a lot i did love the flurry from silver with the kicks and the brain buster but my main notes here were how annoying jr was to me mm. so because he's a wwe guy right he can't like he can't not focus not to use a double negative sorry he can't not focus on John Silver being short. So some of the things he said, and he was like, Jah. initially describing John Silver is an overachiever, right? Like basically what I think you're not saying there that you mean is, look at him, he's so small, but he's actually still good, right? <laughs> I think is basically what they're saying. Another one was, he's under six feet tall, folks. Like, look at this tiny man doing good. That's unbelievable. Is punk over six feet? And then uh, my favorite one, he's probably right around it, I think, mm. was... This has actually turned into a wrestling match. Like, he's surprised that Silver could actually do anything, right? So, I don't know. It just kind of, like, I felt like there was, like, multiple subtle slights of Silver. And I don't think that helps anyone. It doesn't help Punk, right? Because, like, wouldn't you rather say Punk is facing somebody of decent caliber and winning rather than, like, tearing this guy down? I don't know. It doesn't help Silver, obviously. But he's too short. <laughs> he just can't help himself. He's so used to being someone in his ear being like, He's really small, like he, you know, like that whole, anyways, that prejudice that he has. Um, I don't know. I like the buckshot finish just because heels kind of lean or uh, punks kind of leaning into being a yeah, bit of a he, heel he, here. He definitely kind of put the questions we had from last week. Right, to exactly. Bed. And he, how much, like, so much more interesting than babyface exactly. punk. So Absolutely. much more interesting. So my, my like judgment is this match was all it needed to be. Right, like it pretty much and did what it we're needed. We're lucky to no be. one hit any right hands in this match. Right? Oh, that's coming up too. <laughs> yep. Um. 
so I thought it was a solid match, pretty much what we expect. Um, I wish Silver got more of a flurry, but what he got briefly was pretty good. Um, I like Punk leaning back into the heel side of things. It's his best work, of course, and makes him far more interesting. Way more. Uh, much better challenger for Hangman, too, because obviously yes. the heel face dynamic is what you want, and also I think it just makes a better Punk. Um, I don't think he should win, but this may make him better. And they could run with it after them this match too, if they wanted to. I mean, they could just lean back on babyface because it's punk, but yeah. they could also keep going heel because Danielson kind of did that because he kind of mm-hmm. ad- adapted to being heel for Hangman and he kind of stuck with that. I mean, granted, it changed with the Blackpool Combat Club, but I don't see CM Punk joining Blackpool Combat Club. I don't either. And speaking of Danielson, I would probably put Silver's kicks up there with Danielson. Like his right, kicks yeah. Are you, just you mentioned that when we were uh, watching that. Yeah, yeah, they're awesome mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah, especially the ones he got here. Like that was like the only thing he really did, but it was impressive. It was, it was perfect. Yep. Um, next we get Brick Baker and Jamie Hayner interview because they will not let me not watch a segment with this stuff. It's been weeks and weeks and weeks of. It's these been at people. least a month. I swear, like it's ridiculous and Britt baker used to be one of the most engaging things on this show and they've lumped her in with this group and it's just kind of she's there right they just don't really care now right. it's just which it's is too not bad good. um baker will face the joker in the women's tournament i want it to be candace LeRae. yeah hopefully candace LeRae. uh baker complains about not being able to prepare and then she says she doesn't care and she will win so i guess she's not complaining or she is i don't know um she says hater will win and the storm will be over. Uh, Great. And haters on the forecast <laughs> got him again. Yeah. Uh, Shivani points out they win. They face each other. Baker claims it'll be a fair fight, and the better woman will win. Um. Yeah. And then she, I did like at the end when she says the better woman will win. She like, uh, there's a knowing glance between her and Rebel, sort of the implication that Rebel's going to be there to cheat for her as usual, right? So my question to you, because. My interpretation was that these women were a little surprised when Tony announced that they'd face each other if they won. Um, have they not looked at the bracket? Or is that what we're to believe? That they're in a tournament and they didn't they, look at the bracket. Or they haven't been shown it. Like... And see that, yes, you might face each other. I, I found that a bit strange because Britt Baker is generally like a smart heel, right? She's not a stupid heel. So the fact that they hadn't considered that they might face each other, because to me that was... The look they were giving was like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right about that kind of thing, right? right? So, I don't know. I thought that was strange. But whatever, it was another segment with these people. So, it's fine, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not interested so much. In- yeah, it's fine. doesn't make me care. Oh, my gosh. I do not care. Um, now, I definitely would like Candice to be the Joker because I think her and Gargano both coming makes sense. I talked about that. I think that double tournament debut would be sick. Amazing. And it's on the same show next week. Um, are they in Cleveland next although week? Although I have my doubts, although it might be a misdirection, because I read something about Tony Khan saying he has interest in Candice LeRae. So ca- trying to make it sound like in the future, maybe, but that also could be to throw you off exactly. the fact that she's right. already coming. Yeah. So that's why I didn't put it in news. Right. But. I think, I don't know, it just makes sense. And then also LeRae Baker would be pretty dope. Yep. Um, And I feel like Candice LeRae could maybe be good as a baby face again, so they can... She's like... a great baby face. She and Gargano are amazing baby faces. Yeah, um, I, it's just been a while. Which is hard to find. We've talked about how, ever, like, most people can do a cool heel, but really good baby faces and is very I hard I need Gargano find. versus Danielson more than anything. The, the ultimate baby face matchup? Yes. Or, <laughs> like, just, even, like, because Danielson's more aggressive. It would just be, like... Amazing. The perfect Oh, match. yeah, it would be it great. It would just be perfect. Take my money. And I will... Like, I mean, sure, you, people would complain, oh, it's WWE stuff, but run back Gargano cool. I don't even care. That's yep. just, it's gold. Uh, that it, It's just so good. I'd watch it. Um, Next, we get Danhausen versus Tony Nese. In-ring debut of Danhausen? 
Correct. I think, right? Yeah. Unless mm-hmm. it's been on the internet. No. It is his debut. I remember seeing like AEW Star loses his debut and it was Danhausen. Mm-hmm. Oh, whoops, I said it. Um, there's <laughs> nothing here. The finish comes when Sterling distracts Danhausen before he can curse, air quotes. Niece and niece attacks him, hits the running corner knee, aka the running niece <laughs> for like. the win. Yep. I'm pretty sure it's called in WWE too. Um Sterling asks if the crowd are shocked or the crows, and he isn't. He asks what Nice thinks, and he hits a or or, or he asks Nice about um what he thinks about Dan Hasn't getting an entrance, and he didn't, which is true. He knees Dan Hasn't again before he goes for it a third time. Hook walks out, and uh the heels flee the ring, and they shake and Hook and Dan Hasn't shake hands to form Hookhausen. Quite possibly, it looks like right. I I thought this was a fine use of Dan Hausen, right? Like the crowd gets to see him because they all really want him. Tony Nese gets a win, which I think he needs at some point, right? I don't think he's going to get a lot of them in AEW, but it's nice that he got one here. And smart Mark Sterling gets to speak, and he's pretty awesome. So all of this made sense to me. You and I are kind of like in the middle on Danhausen, which I don't think many people are. I feel like they either love Yo, him this, or they hate him. This was like over. And we're just kind of like, I get that people like him. He's not for me, but they're using him effectively, and they're not. Yeah. it's not too much I or too long. I do think it is smart, though, because they're kind of like... It's an odd couple thing, which people like. Right. It, it it usually goes over well, and then, and then um like they're both really over. Like Hook and Danhausen are super over right now, so it it does make sense in a way. And I don't see this having much longevity, so I think I'm okay with it in that sense as well. And it's like the silent guy with the guy who was always talking nonsense, right? So that kind of works too. And I think Mark Sterling's really good in his role, so. Yeah, I, I like him actually. And the crowd, the AEW, smart enough to go listen. The crowd wants Hookhausen. We're gonna give it to them, right? Mm-hmm. Like if they, if the fans want something really badly, Tony Khan seems to be the type that actually listens to them. So that's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was an absolute squash. Knee looked good. Dan has Did. Dan hasn't really isn't really a fan of AEW, but he's used well enough. Like you said, I don't dislike him, so I won't complain too much. Hookhausen thing is over as hell. Hook is cool, so I'll see what comes of this. I don't see much longevity in it, like I said, so I'm okay with it. Like as a short term thing, too. that's just kind of amusing or something, or just like popular. And they're not going to throw it out there for like 10, 15 minutes, right? So no, that's it'll get a bit fine. and yep. it'll be fine. It'll just be a fun little thing, which is okay. Um, so far, just a tag match on the buy in, which is fine. That mm-hmm. might be interesting. Um, perfect place to put it because I don't think I need that on dynamite. Like I think that is perfect placement there. And a nice way to sort of keep slowly bringing Hook along, right? Yeah, so, I think this is like kind of an interesting makes, thing, and like a lot of it makes sense to me. I mean, as he doesn't do much, um, it does show a bit of a different side of him. I mean, not by much. But no, it still yeah, does. a tiny bit. Without him talking, he's revealing a little bit more about. Actually, himself. it even got a new side of him because he did, in fact, speak. He so did. There's he also did. that. Yep. Um, next we get the Ward Lovers MJF contract signing best segment on and then the show. i almost fa- fast forwarded through remember it i thought oh it was my, an actual it was dark side of the ring thought it was a commercial at, for dark yeah. side of the ring so there's a dark side of the ring style package narrated by jericho highlighting the world lamb jeff you dating back to a dog collar match so that's kind of where it starts so that's where they they started the package including talking heads from taz uh jake roberts and barry horowitz just like in the show yes um, which i really liked yep jericho didn't want to narrate like he was like why am i narrating for this jackass or right. something and then mj and he found out mjf was paying so yeah, he like, how much is he paying me okay right. i'll do it and jericho does narrate a lot of the time if he not does. all the time i think most of the time he does yep. on dark side of Ring. so i really like this because it was like it was exactly like the show just in like a compact version for a very clever yeah, idea I, I really liked it I, I don't even know like it was pretty random but i i liked it a lot it was it was really amusing 
And then Wardlow entered, and another thing that was really funny was the Tron said, boo, Wardlow. Yeah. And, of course, and it's in Long Island, so it actually even made sense for him to put that there. It's just a cool way for a, guy, a heel like MJF, who in, in kayfabe, right, has unlimited funds. So this, he would pay to have, like... A production team make this and a voiceover person come in just to sort hey, of jericho who was like a big rival right, of his just to f- formally and further mock um wardlow so i thought this was really yeah, clever was awesome. and and quite amusing yeah mm-hmm. i liked it a lot um mjf comes out and sean spears got like all white suit and a white chair that was too, a nice which i thought touch. was pretty funny yeah that's a nice touch um mj says he loves long island people and he compares us to davis goliath and but like talking himself up he was like saying he's like jacked and rich and stuff like that and then he's against big dumb stupid oath he says sarcastically the fans should not get up as he's saying this as he's yeah. winking that they should not get up and boo wardlow out of the building when he speaks and he, and he says the floor is yours allowing wardlow to speak wardlow goes to speak and he does in fact get booed and mjf asks the crowd if he should speak they repeatedly show no so wardlow does not in fact speak um he says the first condition is he will whip Wardlow with belt 10 times, gets Spears to do the 10. He's like, not once, not twice. And then when he gets the 10, he gets Spears to do the thing. Yep. Which I like. Me too. Because Ty Dillinger is the best. He was pretty, o- he was super over he was for a time, right? I yeah. still like to play as him on 2K sometimes. There was another guy I thought was actually capable of being a strong baby face. Yes. That they mm-hmm. kind of wasted. Surprise, surprise. He's been a good mid Carter, man. Yep. Um, He asks if, uh, wait, no, wait. <laughs> there lost. we go. He says, after that, Wardlow will have to face Spears in a cage match, and Wardlow's laughing, but then MJF says um, he'll be the referee. So, interesting how that'll pan out. Um, wait, I don't know if it's working, like, if Wardlow has to win these that. Or he just has to do it, yeah. Yeah. They didn't say. I don't know, we'll see. Um, and then he says, they talked about what happens if Wardlow wins double nothing, which is he gets released. But if Wardlow loses, he can't ever sign an AEW contract. Telegraphing finishes. I much. kind of feel like, yeah, I didn't love that part either. Because yeah. how does Wardlow not win? Like, you could do something like but, that, but make it like less like super definite. Because then it's right. like, that's that. You know how it's I mean, You know already, but still. Yep. Um, Wardlow signs a contract and blows through security while MJF hides in the carbine Spears. Wardlow takes out Spears, but to powerbomb MJF until Sterling makes a save, jumps on Wardlow, gets thrown off, and powerbomb through the table as these things tend to pan out. Yeah. Um, I, couple, one thing MJF said I thought was funny was he, remember he was talking to the people in the cheap seats. He said, you're poor, but you're still beautiful, which I thought <laughs> was funny. funny. Yeah, um, I, I love him here. I thought MJF was great, obviously, and I think Wardlow, like, his subtle reactions and the way he's sort of sitting in the chair, he really looks like a guy who's just trying to patiently bide his time and just take whatever this idiot's giving him so he can get the chance to just kill him, right? Like, I think Wardlow, even though he's not saying anything, like, I really believable as, like, go ahead, MJF, do what you need to do. I just need to wait you out, and then eventually I'll get my hands on you and make you suffer, right? So I think he's doing a really good job, and MJF is just the heel with deep pockets having a great time putting more and more obstacles in front of Wardlow and mocking him at every turn. So, I mean, this segment got a lot of time, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. And I, again, this MJF feuds, right? They're, he does a great job. So he's they're making a star in this feud, and mm-hmm. it's going well. Yep. Um, I like this a lot. I thought the dark, style, the dark Side of the Ring style package was pretty funny, just like the show. It was. I thought that was awesome. I love Long Island MJF. Um, I thought he was awesome. I like to hear just like it's like, 
don't know, I really love him in this environment because it's like, I don't ever want baby face MJF again. Remember when he right. was with Cody? So it's and that interesting was like, that he's full heel but getting cheered. Exactly. I really like that because wants. like yeah. he can still be a full heel, which he's oh so talented at. And, um, but the uh, change of scenery with them cheering everything he does is just like amusing. I like it for a change. Um, and stipulations are essentially what he did with Cody. But I think we have a good build to the match, and the stipulation if Wardlow loses telegraphs it more, but it's okay, I guess. And I think something else that AEW doesn't do that's good that WWE does is WWE would be tripping, the commentary would be tripping over themselves to try and explain why the crowd is reacting the way they are, right? Like they used to do in Canada. Oh, it's bizarro. I don't know what the fans are, like the fans here about. But they just, commentary in AEW just sits there and goes, the fans are smart, right? They know that this is his hometown, and so he's still an evil, bad person, but the people there are going to love him because he's a hometown boy, and they don't like try to explain it or justify it for us. They just sort of let us figure it out, and I appreciate that from them. Right. Yeah, I thought I thought it was great. Um, only segment that I like really liked on the show. Oh Yeah, I liked it too. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it was the, the standout segment. Yeah. You're right. Um, we got a quick Samoa Joe promo saying he will face the Joker next week. He says he's been doing a Joker since he arrived. Um. Then I guess we cut to Dutt and Lethal. And Big how guy. dare you, Satnam saying <laughs> seven foot four? They said there. he is now. I, I don't know if that's, that's taller than Omos. If it's right, I feel like he's growing still. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dutt says Joe probably wishes the Joker's Lethal are saying, but it isn't. He says Joe has a big stomach and a small brain. Uh, Joe says he will win the tournament, and when he is done, he will come for them and settle things his way. Correct. Um, what did you think? Oh, I think I did. I lose all my notes suddenly. Did you? I did. Everything closed on me. Um, I basically I was just saying that um, it's I'm still liking what everybody's doing here. Like I think everybody speaking is doing a good job, but it needs to move forward, right? Because it, again, it's starting to feel like the the whole hater Britt Baker Tony Storm, where it's just like this feels like a very similar segment every week, and I'm enjoying it, but I need it to get going at some point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a solid promo typical joe again his advancement in the tourney really hangs on uh or hinges on who it is um i more than likely see him uh losing which is fine um i don't really i guess because then he can do the speed i don't really care about it too much it does need to progress but i don't really i don't really understand why it's on dynamite so much i i just don't get it and satnam singh's listed nba height when he was there is seven foot two so he has grown Nope, they're just lying. They're exaggerating. Wrestling does that. Yeah, doesn't it's because Omos is like seven foot three or something. Right. So they want if him to be an inch is. bigger. I don't know. That's my guess. Because <laughs> they did call him the biggest athlete in the world. The world's or they largest athlete. That? Right. I think they're doing that little gimmick with they him. Do that, like, where's Paul White been? I who cares? Why would you? You're gonna summon him by saying that. <laughs> oh, Paul White. <laughs> oh, you've said it twice now. It's like Beetlejuice. If you say it one more time, Paul White. Oh, he's gonna be on next week. Watch. We we'll have no. to. We we'll have to look out for that. He's gonna beat up. Uh, instead of the factory, he'll beat up Gun Club and the Acclaimed. I think you summoned him. It'll be your fault if he's on TV next week. <laughs> I, hope, I hope he is, because that would just be really funny if that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, next we get Ricky Starks versus Jungle Boy for the prestigious. FTW championship. Right. Oh, I put the FTR title. That's probably not right. <laughs> Whoops. That's that that is that is so good. Mm-hmm. Um so notables there's an arm drag off the ropes by Starks, kinda like a springboardish kind of thing. And then shortly after Jungle Boy does his version, like the usual one, and then a drop kick. Uh Jungle Boy countered out a Rochambeau, hit a super kick for two. 
Um, later on, Stark's kind of the comebacker Lariat with a spear for two, which is pretty nice. Um, Jungle Boy got in the snare trap. Stark's got rope break. Stark's rolls out to grab the FTW tile for some trickery and cheating. And Swerve makes sure he doesn't. Jungle Boy gets a roll up, but the ref is busy getting Swerve out, so he doesn't see it. Um, and then Jungle Boy is kind of not happy, so he's kind of distracted. And then Starks takes advantage and hits Rochambeau to pick up the win. After the match, there's some stuff with, like, I think Swerve was arguing with everyone, I guess, because Luchasaurus and Case. Because Christian know, bumped him on stuff. the way down. And right. Swerve did not like that at right. all. Well, I, I don't like Christian, period. Even if he walked by, maybe, like, yeah, what the hell? <laughs> maybe. Um, and there's, like, a stare off and stuff. Like, they're just kind of standing around and stuff, and they're all on. And Jungle Boy's kind of, like, standing away, leaning on the ropes, uh, happy about the loss unhappy about the loss and then swerve and lee leave because lee came out um and then cage hugs jungle boy i feel like they're sort of teasing the inevitable they are breakup right because it was jungle boy with his back to cage with his sort of leaning on the ropes looking upset and there's that moment where cage is behind him and you're wondering is he just gonna throw him in an unprettier or whatever but i thought the match was fun lots of quickness from both men but like, I don't love the finish involving a referee doing something that is completely different from what referees do all the time in this company, right? Like, right. they don't hop out of the ring to stop somebody that like walks down the ramp. Like, he can do it in the, the ramp, ramp, but... Right? So, I thought that was... A, I didn't love that, necessarily. And I'm... It's Stark's winning makes sense only because, like, Jungle Boy's above the FTW title, right? Like, he's not... He doesn't need that. Um... It looks like we're going to get Swerve Christian almost, if that's where we're going. And man, if that's the case, fine. But Swerve better win. Swerve can't lose that. Right? Christian's... Well, we're going to see veterans I, that I think are there. To, they should be there to build the younger talent. That's not going to happen later in this show. But I hope that that, <laughs> that is what happens if Swerve and Christian meet. I, I do kind of like... It gets a bit confusing, but the mixture of people and groups here, right, that they have multiple kind of parallel stories that are kind of crossing over a little bit. So I have no problem with that. But uh, yeah, the match was fun. The, both of these guys are similar, right? Really quick, really athletic guys. Um, so a pretty good match. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought it was a solid match. It was amazing, but there's some good work here. Um, I expected a little more for some reason, but I think it was still good. Highlighted for me was the spear catching the lariat from Starks. Um, finish I thought worked pretty well other than like I guess pointing out the ref thing that that's not great but I think generally is a thing because I think Jungle Boy is above this like you said I think he's better than Starks but also what would Jungle Boy do with the title so I think it worked in that regard mm-hmm. um, post-match stuff wasn't much definitely teasing the Christian Cage turn if it is Swerve versus Cage they're like Cage cannot win he I hope not should be legally restrained from winning <laughs> the Rochambeau looks cool too right I like Rochambeau it yes. looks good here although he can't hit it on huge guys but it looked good on Jungle Boy yeah it's kind of like a dominator but different and cool yep I like it I don't like when Lashley does a dominator but he just drops him I like when he like slams him down yes, with force agree way better that yeah. way um it's like Kevin Nash's lazy power bomb exactly that that's like gravity do the work is. bud um <laughs> exactly <laughs> Except, like, I, at least that is, like, taller. Like, I, I don't know which one's worse, actually, because, like, I don't know, both of them are not. I get, I, I don't know. Like, Basically, like Nash the is, Nash, like, he's lazy, the but, Nash like. power bomb is no more impact than, like, Darby Allen just missing a coffin drop. It's the exact same thing. <laughs> right? And that doesn't pin him. But anyways. Right. Um. Next, we get a Jazz victory speech. Question mark? Because even commentary are, like, for what victory exactly? Right? Like. I don't. I think it was ironic. Let uh, me think. Almost. I don't know. Um. They, maybe the fireball thing. I guess. Is that a victory? I don't know. Um. Did they win a trios match or something? I don't know. 
Commentary, commentary seemed confused, so I was too. I am not able to tell you what their victory is right mm-hmm. now. Um, Parker spoke first to the AW Galaxy, welcomed fans to their air quotes victory speech. Mm-hmm. And then Matt Menard was yelling and saying how was great, how great it was to be part of the faction and the greatest faction ever, which is disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And also his nipples were hard. Yeah, that was yeah, that yeah. was how he started it. That was how he started. <laughs> it's odd. Yeah. Um, Jericho said there are a lot of hometown heroes tonight, like him, since he was born down the road in Manhasset. Is that a place? I don't know. Uh, Jericho said he moved quickly because this place is a dump. The fans booed. There, that's kind of how you like go like um from here, but then you, you kind of like retain the heel heat, I guess. Yep. Um, Jericho said if you have a problem with that, he'll throw a fireball in your face because he's a wizard. Trademark. Yep. Cha-ching. <laughs> uh, Jericho said they did exactly what they said they would do since they eliminated King Santana and Ortiz, as he would say. Mm-hmm. Stupid. With an S. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, or like two E's and an S. Yes. Um, Jericho told them to stay home because Jericho 216 said, I just burned your face, which I thought was funny, but I don't know where the 216 comes from. 216. I don't either. I was like, it wasn't in February. That's That was my thought. I was it like, It wasn't at two o'clock. It wasn't like, I don't know. Was it? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I, I thought the, I, if like the numbers made sense, it was it, funny. Yeah, I thought but I can't. Think I just of what burned they do. your face. It's funny. But, yep. Uh, Jericho told Kingston to stay home and to make sure he feels better, or she feels better. I guess his talking wife. about his wife, right? Yep. Um, and if she doesn't, she should give Jericho a call. Daniel Garcia says when a sports entertainer stands in the ring with a pro wrestler, a sports entertainer wins every time. He just sucks. Um, John Mox- is he supposed to suck? That's what I'm I don't wondering. Know. I can't tell. Is it I'm just, meta? I'm just gonna tell him he sucks. Yeah, and he can just suck. Um, <laughs> John Moxley music hit, and Mox made his way from the crowd. And you um, find a light bulb went off over your head, and you realized why he's supporting. I was King- like, why Eddie is he there? Kingston. And then Excalibur cued in on commentary. He's like, Mox was friends with Kingston. I was like, right. Because I was little, like, yeah, I totally blacked out on that for a while. Because I guess like after like he went to rehab or whatever, like he was just gone, and I was just like, yeah. I guess like I just forgot everything before that. Remember they right? were stealing shoes and burning things, and, right? and they had the match with the Young Bucks. That was right. really good. Yeah, yeah, I I, I totally forgot. Um, so that's, that's why he was coming, I guess. Uh, Mox um, also um, ended Jericho's title run right in, at, in the eye patch saga. Uh, <laughs> that's interesting because he eye patched Santana, so maybe there's hard feelings. Extracted. Can the they coexist? Extracted. Can they coexist? <laughs> uh, it was not extracted, but it was harmed right quite severely to the point where an eye patch was required. Mm-hmm. Um, Mox is at the ramp, and Jericho told Moxie he'll give him one chance to leave for three months for another sabbatical. <laughs> um, Jericho said there's only one of Mox and five of them in the ring. Danielson made out his way out with Yuta and Regal. Jericho said it was still only four of them because Regal counts for some reason. <laughs> right. And five of Jericho's guys. And then Kingston with burn marks on his face and Pound Powerful were on the other side of the ring behind Jazz. And six on five, they beat down Jazz. Um, there wasn't much. It was just like a big brawl. Um, and it ended with uh, Regal hitting a right hand to Jericho. <laughs> we even backed it up to listen, and he <laughs> clearly hits a left hand. JR called Re- it as a right hand, but he, he clearly left Well, Regal's him. pretty famously left handed, right? And JR, oh, it's a big right hand. Nope, that would be. <laughs> it was not. Exactly. I don't know how you messed that. that up. But, anyways. Um, yeah, so I, like my eyes were kind of glazing over a little bit with the, the jazz stuff, but then when um, the Blackpool Combat Club showed up, I got more interested, obviously. So, 
I don't know, man. I'm just not, I'm still not into JAS at this point. I just, I don't know if Regal's group can save it and make it interesting maybe, but I don't, I just, they still kind of just have that go away heat for me. Like they're just taking up time every week on TV. I'm still not into it. I don't know if you are yet, but I am still not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how this, if this bodes particularly well for Black Bull Combat Club. Um, we'll see, I guess. Yeah. Um, I thought it was fine. Jazz promo wasn't bad. It wasn't great. Didn't feel too different. Um, at first, I thought Black Bull Combat Club was com- coming out was odd, but Excalibur once again helpful, so it made sense. He's Brawl was standard. Um, that was a pretty nice right hand. It was the best right hand ever <laughs> from the left side. The man's right instead of the women's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, next we got a quick Deep Rosa package. Excalibur says Deep took things in her own hands. I don't remember what he was referring to. Uh, AW Talking Heads <laughs> talked about uh, Rosa uh, will be hard to beat. Dustin Rhodes was there because he talked about being a mentor and coach for Rosa. So right. That's cool. Um, pretty sure package, nothing much of note. I thought this, I liked it. It was really quick, but I thought it was better than, I was a little underwhelmed by their interaction. Was it last week? Like, I thought it was okay. I thought this was better, but very quick. So, yeah, it was fine. A slick little package. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I, I didn't note much, and Dustin Rhodes is in it, so. There you go. Lame. True story. Um, next we get, oh boy, Jamie Hayter versus Tony Storm, Owen Hart, quarterfinal for the women this the time. The payoff to all of those amazing, amazing promos they've been doing. And the tag match on Rampage, okay. Surprised it wasn't the main event, frankly. I get, well, I guess they had to save another banger for the main event. They did. Right. I actually, anyways, go ahead and talk about it and all. There was a snap suplex on the outside from Hater, which was solid. It was almost like a twisting, like, to the side. It was kind side. of twisting, but then it was kind of It was more straight. like to the side than overhead. It was overhead. like she twisted and then... Yeah, it looked cool, yeah. I thought. Um, hip attack in the corner, followed by Trinity DT in the ring, and then another one on the outside from the apron by Storm. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a Nagi on the apron by Hater, or Hate, as I called her, because no R. No R. Um, the finish came in Storm, rolled Hater through a backside, hit a short pile drive. Um, <laughs> very short pile drive, <laughs> which is the new Storm Zero, I guess, for the win. Uh, what did you think? I actually quite liked this match, and I preferred it to the main event. So I'm jokingly saying switching their spots. I was, I thought this was a very physical match, some high impact stuff. Um, I wasn't sure I was gonna like this, but I actually really did. I thought they worked hard, took some pretty hard bumps. I liked the backslide transition into the quick pile driver too for the win for storm um not to spoil reviews coming up but this blew away any of the women's tournament matches in nxt in my opinion uh was way better than the repetitive segments leading up to this so i was quite happy with this as the payoff i thought this was a good match i don't know i have a feeling i liked it more than you but what did you think um yeah and i thought it was fine uh another <laughs> short women's match stuck in the middle of the show pretty much what i expected nothing great but not horrible storm wins of course no surprises there um i don't know i didn't really care it was just kind of i there. liked it i quite liked it actually mm, it was all right yeah i mean it suffered from the old it's not a very long match and it had a commercial break of course but i thought they like they they fit a lot of stuff into this i thought it was good i mm-hmm. liked it um, next we get a Sky Kaz package. Um, Sky said it was kind of two segments, but I just lumped them together. Yeah. Um, Sky says he wants to put respect on his name in the TNT title. It showed a clip of when he they became the inaugural tag champs, him and Kaz. Um, Sky recaps their history and says he'll be it will be friendly fire on Rampage, and there can be only one face of TNT. 
they kind of did a weird thing where they swerved because like he's gonna be face for the match or whatever like or like he has been doing that and then yes. he turned on Kaz at the after because like there's the accidental cheating thing from or the the where men of the year cheated or Paige cheated and he didn't see it that kind of thing right um but then like he turned heel anyways which I saw someone say like they kind of like. I don't know, like, they did it too fast. Like, they, you could get weeks of that where, like, he's pretending to not know about the interference. Because I don't know if they planned on having Men of the Year be baby-face-ish, right. but when Sammy and Conti started getting that massive heat, they right. kind of were forced to The thing to I saw something. was, like, I think it would be smart. It's, like, you could do, like, this fake baby-face thing where, like, Sky's, like, wanting to bring prestige to the title, and the like, like Paige and Lambert keep interfering without his, right. without his knowledge. And then, like, eventually, you do, like, but they kind of just hotwired that into one yeah and or even sky could be acting like he doesn't know they're doing it but does know they're yeah that would be cool um then like it kind of goes right into a kaz interview um and that's cut off by sammy Guevara pretty much immediately um and wearing some like the feather collar on his jacket is pretty nice and conti are actually a mixed tag champs in triple a oh nice introduce those that's cool yeah um he says kaz may know sky but he's not the same now he cannot be trusted Kaz says he knows who to trust, trust himself, and tells Sammy to be unlikable somewhere else, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was a solid promo from Sky, solid stuff, but nothing much. Kaz part was less good, but the last line was funny. Yeah, he said, uh, your vlog sucks was the last line, right? Right. Because I forget what Sammy said to him. Oh, uh, SCU later. Right, went, which oh, yeah, Sky also said. Clever or whatever, your vlog sucks. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, it, it's... Didn't do much for me, but it was fine, I guess. I and I liked getting Sammy on TV because I just I'm enjoying his heel work, right? So him and Conti, I think, are pretty awesome in their role. Mm-hmm. So the Kaz Sky match will probably be pretty good. I mean, I don't imagine there's any chance Kaz wins, but yeah, this was a fine little segment. Mm-hmm. Um, next main event time. I bet you don't have a ton main of notes on that time. one. Uh, I there's a decent amount. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Um, against my will, Jeffrey Nero Hardy. Jeffrey Hardy versus Darby Allen. A quarterfinal for the Owen Hart Cup, cup tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything goes because ladders. Um, they're extreme, brother. <laughs> and Darby's got some back pain, which is kind of cool. But his face pain is once again un- uninspired. It mm-hmm. looks kind of par for the course. Um, so Darby hit like a shotgun drop. He sent Hardy in the corner right away, and then a suicide dive, which uh, it was pretty effective. Because um, it took Hardy out for 20 minutes yeah, while Jeff Darby was just sets lying up there chairs. Yeah, Jeff While Darby set up a bunch of chairs. Like 10 chairs, maybe. When he's done, Hardy hit a flap jack on the steel stairs. I'd say that's probably accurate, actually. Yeah. Uh, either like it was 10. 8 to 10, I think. It's either maybe. like, yeah. Or like, no, not 12. I think probably 8. Like, yeah, like 8 or 10 is definitely in the ball, that ballpark. Jeff Hardy threw Darby over the stairs, which is positioned beside the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, and Darby like jumped over and, and rolled over, Um, which core jay did not do no she did not um and uh so he kind of avoided that but then jeff runs him with a solid flying clothesline from the steps so that, that looks was good kinda, that was that was pretty solid um darby climbed a tall ladder in the ring and jumped off with the swanton onto hardy who was on the seated chairs on the outside so that was a was giant crazy spot dive, but yes. i thought darby took more of it than hardy mm-hmm. did he yeah. landed back right on the chairs, the yeah, row of chairs. Yeah, Darby right? took because Darby just likes to do stupid things. It's pretty crazy. Um, Darby missed a coffin drop on the apron because why punish yourself that much when you can punish yourself more? Right. Um, Darby's laid out on the side of the steel stairs. Jeff goes for a swanton misses, so he missed something too. Mm-hmm. Not as much. Um, Darby connected with the coffin drop for two. Um, Jeff countered the pin in a crucifix pin, MJF. and he got the win. 
Huh? You said MJF countered it into a pin. Did I? I don't know. Jeff. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, so that bothered me, obviously, but it felt... Did this not feel rushed to you? Yeah, they, it feels like there's, like, minimal action between, like, getting to different dive spots. It felt like they were, you know, supposed to have 15, and then when they got to it, it's like, oh, you guys only have nine minutes, or I don't know how long it actually was, right? But it felt rushed to me. There really wasn't much wrestling to speak of that's not... That is not generally my favorite type of match. Um, this isn't a Dynamite main event to me. And Jeff Hardy, as I've been sort of hinting at, countering a successful coffin, coffin drop is not cool, as far as I'm concerned, right? Like, that move finishes people. You, If he missed it, it's one thing, and then you want to cover him. But he hit it, and you still ended up countering it for a pinfall victory. I don't like that. Hardy should be putting over people exactly like Darby Allen. Uh, and maybe this feud continues or something and Darby gets his win back. I don't know, but that's, um, I don't know. He shouldn't be successfully countering these young guys' finishers. Not a fan of this match at all. Obviously, the one spot was pretty spectacular off the ladder in the ring. Um, but I, I don't know. I did not enjoy this. It's not a type of match I like. I don't really need to see Jeff Hardy. I don't really need to see Jeff Hardy pinning Darby Allen um, cleanly off of his finisher. You? Um. Yeah, I didn't love this. It was pretty much what i expected uh, in between setting up dive spots there's just minimal action some people enjoy this a lot i thought it was just whatever wasn't like horrible but i didn't like it nope um it was better than the tables match so that is that. true it was yeah it was <laughs> um but it wasn't great to keep my interest except for that one spot where darby's had to do something stupid but that was cool because i was just bonkers mm-hmm. um other than that there was some solid stuff nothing great just very little wrestling not the type of match i'd put in the main event slot or really an AEW. like they're good at these no dq matches with some six spots but usually those have more substance outside of the spots um this is more or less just two daredevils doing that stuff and not much else kind of rushed i don't hate it i just didn't love it and i didn't need it um it's at least like i at least did not need it in such a prime spawn dynamite and exactly. I, I, I don't love the finish either right and i don't know why jeff win- is winning if he he better not advance. That would just be sad. He, he might. Who knows, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so overall thoughts, I guess this show was a bit of a mixed bag for me. Everything in ring outside of the main event, I was totally fine with. Really enjoyed the Cole Dax opener, the Storm Hater match. I quite liked it over-delivered. I liked it quite a bit. Jungle Boy Starks was a fun little match. All it needed to be, I thought. Um, just the main event, like I said, was a miss for me. The mark, as you said, the mock uh, dark side of the ring vignette was probably the segment of the night, and none of the other ones were bad. They were at least fine. The, so my overall grade, I, it's honestly hurt mostly by the main event, which kind of left a, a sour taste in my mouth. But the show still, at the end of the day, it wasn't a chore to watch it, right? So I gave it a B minus. And just I'm anecdotally noting, I think I feel like it's been a while since I've really like loved an episode of Dynamite. Like yeah, I just, it's been like I want to come passable. down here and be like, let's get an A. Like you know, we used to get some of those back in yeah. the day. So I need them to sort of step up their game again. It's never a bad show. I always enjoy it, but I want to love it, and I haven't loved it in in yeah, a while now. Pay per views yeah. are different. Their pay per views yeah. are like home runs every time. Kind of has to be when you have like so few of them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it was an okay show, mixed bag, like you said. I think the good matches I liked were Harwood and Cole, and then Starks and Jungle Boy were good. Um, uh, the best segments were, I think, Punk's uh, promo after his match was pretty good, and obviously the contract signing was really nice. Um, anything, like, kind of middle of the road, I thought Jazz promo was fine, Danny House and Squash, and Punk versus Silver, like, the match. Mm-hmm. And then the stuff I didn't love was the main event and the women's match. I didn't think either of those were particularly How great. dare you? The women's match was good. Nah. 
<laughs> um, I think overall, I think that's fair. It evens out to a B minus, like nice. below average. Um, yeah, but not waiting, a chore. Not a chore. Waiting on something great. Exactly. All right, so that wraps up our Dynamite review, and we'll move into our little trivia segment that we like to call Off the Top of His Head. All right, we're back for more Hall of Fame Trivia 2, right? So we, I think we've got 14 or 15 questions in the second mm-hmm. half of this. And we find this book goes from all over the place, right? Like super easy to impossible. So we'll see what we've got for you today. First one, which of these people were not inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2007? And okay. to be fair, Hall of Fame is not one of your like specialties by any means, right? Because we don't even watch it, to be honest. So which one was not inducted in 2007? Jerry the King Lawler, Mr. Fuji, Jim Ross, or Yokozuna? Lawler? No. Fuji. Nope. <laughs> You're doing great so far. Ross. No, Yokozuna. And the answer actually says Yokozuna P. So I don't know what that means. Like <laughs> they went through that many versions of him. <laughs> they replaced him. Anyways, the Dudley Boys, mean. the Dudley, I think it's just a typo as I'm seeing this book is maybe not the most professional thing as we get further into it here. The Dudley Boys were inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame by which former WWE Tag Team Champions? If you'd like options, you may have them. Hardys. So du- no. the, the other ones, pick the other ones. And Jim Christian. Correct. Just... You had to be one of those, right? They wouldn't have, I don't think Hardys were back yet. Uh, the late Eddie Guerrero was represented by which of these superstars on the day of his induction. Who was he represented by? I have, I have options if you need Vicky? them. Vicky? Is it Vicky Guerrero? It was Vicky Guerrero. Well, who else would it be? Chavo. I guess. Chavo, Benoit, and Mysterio were the options. I don't... I Was Benoit still alive? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I doubt it. Which of these rappers has been inducted into the Hall of Fame? Uh-huh. You do know which one? I don't know. Eminem, Diddy, Snoop Dogg, Dre. Should be pretty easy. Correct. Uh, Goldberg's Hall of Fame induction was announced by... The video game. No. Uh, It's either Ross, Jerry the King Lawler, Michael Cole, or Paul Heyman. I'll go Heyman. Correct. I don't... How would that work out? He's probably, like, writing or something. I I don't even know. I don't know either. Which of these individuals received the... First Ultimate Warrior Award. Ooh, boy. The, that Connor kid? Yes. Why did you know that? Because... Connor um, McCalick, maybe? I might not be saying that Connor correctly. Connor the Crusher. Remember, he was the, the kid crusher, with Dana right. Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that You kid. got it. Honor him with an award named after an absolute homophobic dirtbag. Awesome. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, true or false? The Bella Twins were the only inductees into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2020. True no, or false? No. No. Because I, I think Batista. I don't know, but that seems like a they would never just do one, right? And There's I don't no think way. if they did one, that it would be the Bellator. And then I sort of went, maybe because it's pandemic, did they? Only... No. They did They did hold it off, but I think they, they lumped it in last year. Right. Uh, Mark Henry's Hall of Fame induction was announced by which WWE superstar? And I have options Ron. if you'd like them. D'Lo Brown. <laughs> no. The options? Ron Simmons. No. Kane, Titus O'Neil, The Big Show, or Umaga? I almost Titus said, O'Neil. I almost said Umanga. Nope. Big Show. Correct. 
WWE Diva. Manga. Diva. Wow, they use the word, the D <gasps> word. The D word. Natalia announced the induction of which of these legends? Irish Bulldog. No. Paige, Beth Phoenix, Beth Phoenix. Charlotte Flair, Michelle McCool. Beth Phoenix is correct. Deeds of Doom. Which of these boxers is a Hall of Fame inductee? Mayweather, Tyson, Tyson Fury, or Anthony Joshua, who I don't even know who that is. Mm, I would say Mayweather. Nope. Is it Tyson? It is Tyson. Okay, Which Tyson? Tyson? But Mike, Mike Tyson, Tyson or Tyson Fury? Definitely Tyson Fury. Correct. <laughs> I thought it was Mike Tyson, but I, I didn't know when it would be, so I didn't know if it was like that would have worked out or not. True or false? Cowboy Bob Orton was inducted into the Hall of Fame by his son, Randall Keith Orton. True. Correct. Why would that be false? I don't know. In what year was the first WWE Hall of Famer announced? Interesting. 90, Do you want the years? Do 92. Options? You are super close. 91. You're super 93. correct. I, thought the, I think the Hall of Fame was in 93, but I don't know if they announced it that year or not. Right. Um, who was the first? Didn't they already ask this? Who was the first Hall of Fame inductee? They did. They, that was the first question, and then they brought it back for question 28. Andre. What a professional document this is turning out to be. Wow. Who published this? This is getting Who proofread this? Steve Pierce. Nice work, bud. By uh, Bridge Press. Interesting. Uh, all right. Last question. Then. Never going over a bridge ever again. Rod- Roddy Piper was inducted into the Hall of Fame by whom? Ric Flair. Correct. Very good. Ended on a strong note, which I don't like. I like you to be stumped on the last one. That book is giving you a decent chance. You're at the mercy of that. I thought that book was going to be so helpful because I don't have to like prepare my own trivia every week, but it's flawed. It is helpful in a sense. In a sense, I guess. And it could get kind of funny if it keeps being really it bad. Does. It's just a recurring joke now. Yeah. But anyways, uh, that wraps up our trivia segment. We're going to go back to talking about some wrestling from TV this week and that taking a look at first NXT UK. So the show starts out with a recap package of the Devlin Dragunov situation ahead of their Loser Leaves Town match, which is tonight's main event. And then we go right into our opening match, which is a tag match between Smith and Carter taking on Gallus members Mark and Joe Coffey. We are told that the winner of this match earns a spot in an upcoming championship triple threat match for the tag team titles. So it starts out with Carter and Smith using their quickness and agility to frustrate the Coffees early on. Joe finally gets control of Smith um, with a flurry, including a suplex and a backbreaker. Coffey then, uh, Joe Coffey, that is, tweaks his knee and Ashton Smith, right? Why well, can't I remember his first name? Ashton Smith takes over for a little bit before tagging out pretty quickly. Smith and Carter then isolate Joe Coffey and target that leg, which they're sort of saying like this is an indication that Smith and Carter are picking up their intensity and their right. desire to win because now they're willing to target. Killer instinct. That's a good word for it. They're targeting an injury now. Uh, we get a huge boot by Ashton Smith as Joe Coffey's trying to fire up. We get an assisted 450 to Coffee for two, which looked pretty cool, right? You actually right. thought cooler than the finisher, which was assisted as well, right? Right. I like when they did like the electric chair cutter for their finisher like yes, a while back. It that was awesome. better. Uh, eventual hot tag to Mark Coffee. He cleans house, including a second row bulldog to Carter for two, then a back suplex and a leaping kick for another near fall. We get the high low basically by Gallus, but uh, Carter comes in to make the save. And then Mark Coffee, I forget why, but he's out of the picture on the floor. Um, Ashton Smith hits a chop block to Joe's bad leg, and Carter hits the assisted moonsault for the win here. 
Uh, I really enjoyed this match, and I was telling you as we were watching, and I'm really starting to like Smith and Carter in the ring. Um, they started out in this match specifically showcasing their speed and athleticism, which we always know they have. Then they shifted to limb targeting, and then mixing in, they have some cool tandem offense, right? I think they're a very entertaining tag team. Still need some work in like the character department, but that's not a big deal to me. The in-ring is more important. I also like that they're kind of going with this uncrowned champion gimmick that kind of works for me. Um, so I think they do deserve a title run at this point, and I feel like it's coming, and it'll probably coincide with the breakup of Mustache Mountain, I think, right? Because that's right. being heavily teased. So I really like this opener. What about you? Yeah, um, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I think Smith and Carter looking better and better each time. I think uh, they could use a bit of work outside the ring, more so Smith. I think Carter's all right. But I again, I think they could both use some work. But I think in the ring, they're definitely getting it down. Like, they've got some tag moves. While I don't think they're the best, I think they could use some better kind of offense just because um i don't know some of it's like it's like the, one of them's like the silly string thing or it's like a lot yeah, of assisted splashes and stuff which i mean some of it's cool but i also think like they should i think they could use some better stuff but i, I like their moveset generally i think they're pretty good i think they showcased more here um a little more aggression with the limb targeting i think that made sense because it kind of helped them win as well because their normal style is not getting them where they want to go right? right so they have to start mm -hmm. adding things which i like and they're teasing a bit of a, a gallus issue as well they so are. that is somewhat interesting but um i think this is a solid opener for uk me too uh we see dragonoff skipping backstage somewhere getting ready for his main event match then we see a kid leaving sid scala's office and a voice that will reappear several times i don't know if it's the cameraman or who it mm. is it's just a detached voice um asks him what he was talking to scala about and basically, he says some stuff, but the bottom line is his match with Charlie Dempsey will be held under Heritage Cup rules, which is fine by me, because pretty much every one of those matches has delivered mm -hmm. anywhere from pretty entertaining to really, really and good, right? I don't right? remember why, but I was hoping for Fight Pit. You did want Fight Pit, but I, I mean, Dempsey A-Kid in a Heritage that Rules. That is what I remember. I'm I did request that many you moons did. ago they listened to the podcast they listened to the podcast one of the millions and millions as yep. we rival joe rogan's listenership <laughs> <laughs> indeed so, we're, we're catching up so this was nothing special but i'm happy with the match that it's laying out right yeah for sure uh we then get a first 200 nxt uk episodes highlight package that i'm not going to go over at all it was pretty cool um, seeing um gunther and butch in there though um that was, that was i was just going to say the funny part was that so many of these people Gunther have Butch, new names. Dewdrop. Right. And they found a way to like Pretty Deadly even. Highlight lots of main roster stuff in there too, right? Like here they've gone on to do this. This person who yeah, used they to showed, have this um, name now does Dewdrop this. Dewdrop uh, challenging Becky Lynch for right. the title at a Royal Rumble, which I had completely oh, I forgotten about I didn't hate that until match now. Either. No, it was, it's just like so forgettable. Like I yeah. completely forgot about it until now. I was just like, Oh yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah, um it was funny. and it just makes me sad cuz Pete Dunne is no more. Right. So it, them having to like sort of just randomly throw in that it's now Gunther and Butch and Dewdrop was kind of funny to me. Mm -hmm. Uh so then we get the same camera person question mark, detached voice that talked to A Kid now talks to Amelia McKenzie in the hallway. Of course, Lash Oh god. Legend right. interrupts and McKenzie accuses Lash of fighting too little and talking too much. Lash walks away, and uh, my my only response is Lash versus Mackenzie. No thanks. <laughs> I was just like, I do not want this match whatsoever. Okay. I'm just like, no thank you. I've been reading some things, and it wouldn't surprise me at all that the locals are really not happy with this NXT invasion. Right, the people that are going to watch these shows are like, I don't oh, want to see imagine, this. Oh, I imagine, yeah, I right. wouldn't. It's it would be like um, paying to see a. It would it would be like 
a less extreme version of like imagine like you go to see NXT like right and yeah. it was like when it was changing and you just had no idea and you show up to NXT you show like, up for the rebrand and you show up for the rebrand <laughs> and you're just like what is this and you have to like watch Von Wagner God. do stuff and remember how and frantic kind of, those first couple shows were it were was, they were like brutal. introducing six eight new remember characters the first at show once? LA Knight competed twice right it was Braun crazy. Breaker madness. Mm. Uh, then we get, speaking of NXT 2.0 people, Nina Samuels, who I She's don't... She's from 2.0. I don't get her at all, versus Ivy Nile, who is from 2.0. Seems like a veteran, but like also she's not that good. So like a, so I think they kind of have her placed properly, right? like a UK equivalent of Natalia, because I think she knows how to do stuff. I'm, does she? I, uh, I don't she's know. Not Maybe. Good. Um, Ivy Nile, I was telling you, reminds me of Hook. That's the comparison I made. Young, jacked, silent. And so far being booked to look really, really strong and legitimate. Um, so it kind of feels like that's what they're doing with her here. Anyway, she dominates early on the mat. Um, and Samuels has to escape to the ropes. She then snaps Ivy Nile across the top rope, takes over for a little bit, even mocking Nile with push-ups in the middle of the ring. Samuels goes to Nile's face and like stretches her mouth out at one point, And then that just fires up Ivy Nile, who takes over, including catching Nina and hitting a fallaway slam, kipping up hitting a running kick for two, what I thought was a pretty decent flurry. We then get a drop toehold into the corner that finally stops Ivy Nile, but she applies a dragon sleeper while, was she on the second rope, I think? Flips off the turnbuckle while kind of maintaining the hold, and then gets up and hooks it in even deeper, and Samuels has no choice but to tap out pretty quickly here. I thought the match felt a bit longer than it needed to be, because clearly... I don't don't think Samuels can do much. I don't either. Clearly, it's... It was to showcase Nile, um, and I think they did she, a fine job of that. Not like yeah, she looks impressive. Wasn't right? amazing, but I think it was fine. She needs more seasoning, but she's different from everybody else, and she's coming along, and she can already do some pretty cool I'm surprised stuff. Surprised she's not in the breakout, but I guess they don't want her to lose. And right, she probably I think won't that the they're protecting her a lot right now, um, and she's all over NXT 2.0 this week. So um, Samuel's, I don't think is anything special, but I think like she's basically maybe slightly more than an enhancement heel and i think she does a good enough job of that right like, right i don't think she's gonna rack up many wins but there's she's no, serving a role probably not uh we then see jordan devlin he's putting his entrance gear on backstage ahead of the main event and then uh, another nxt person damon kemp right he tells us in a promo that i he's in diamond mine too yes he is now um he's here to learn the british style and he'll fight shaw samuels since samuel seems to have a problem with that does he i guess i I, that's probably something i missed i think he sounded okay but i don't know what it is he also sounded kind of odd i don't believe him as a baby face like i don't think he's likable so I, I don't kind of got one of those faces. I think that's a mistake so far. And it, maybe it's even weirder because now he's in Diamond Mine. And I might could have been taped, I guess. But my bias like, might be that he's friends with Gable Stevenson and I have a problem with Gable Stevenson. Isn't but he Bobby Stevenson? Who? Him. Who's Bobby Stevenson? I'm pretty sure him. Let me see. Damon Kemp? Yeah. No. Hold on. I'm pretty sure I just saw his Instagram. Really? Um, Bobby Stevenson, a.k.a. Damon Kemp. Oh, interesting. So. Is he? Is he's i'm assuming cool um so yeah i'm not a fan i don't think he's working as a baby face but whatever he's brand new he's got an amateur background they're gonna like him um so (laughs) this is easily the most confusing thing i saw this week right remember the mastiff stars segment (laughs) so they like they watched nxt 2.0 and like um the meeting between legato and tony d'angelo and we're like let's do a stupid version of that that is in my assessment so they're they're dressed up kind of formal no ties but i think suit jackets they're sitting at a table 
with like godfather style mafia music playing also charlie dempsey's face on a mop right and a mop with charlie dempsey's face <laughs> moppy 2.0 right um stars then orders food and it was funny because he's on the phone and he like summarizes the what the restaurant has to mastiff like i don't know like they have burgers and blah 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 pizza chicken burgers and he's like i'll have that which (laughs) was pretty funny like he wants one of everything basically um then they shift gears talk about d familia and then we end up they uncover a plate of donuts in front of mastiff is that what they did i don't don't, don't even know this was super weird and came out of nowhere I don't, they seem to be like somebody wants these two guys on TV and they seem to be trying different. Remember the vest, the vest, it was all about the vest. The the quest for the vest. So now somehow they're like comedy mobsters. I don't know. I'm not sure what's going on. And like you said, it feels like they're kind of copy and pasting the. It's like a half-baked version of the crappy segment from NXT, which apparently I also witnessed. I mean, I think there's a chance that this gets weird enough to be entertaining because it was very strange and I don't know what's going on yet. But so far, I'm just confused. Like Are they a... even feuding with D-Familia? I don't even remember. Like I, like, thought the I, Dempsey, I thought the Dempsey mop was confusing. Me too. So this is what I mean. So far, I'm confused, but it's definitely strange, and sometimes I like strange stuff, so I'll give it a chance. I don't like strange. That movie sucked. At this point, I don't know what's going on. Um, the camera guy's back again, and he talks to Joe <laughs> Coffey, who's looking a little bit introspective after the, his loss in the tag team match tonight. He says he may take time away, and he needs to be a better big brother. He's disappointed himself and his brother, and he's like basically choked up, almost crying as he sort of ends the interview. Um, then we get a wild boar promo. I don't know why I enjoy this guy so much, he, but I do. I don't know how you get your teeth like that. And so he said he's coming for revenge, that Eddie Dennis has weakened the pack, which I kind of like that choice of words. And Dennis is now the hunted. Dennis will see boar when he wakes up in a cold sweat. And I like his promo style because it really suits his character, who's like almost like a not fully evolved human being, right? Or right. whatever he is. So I don't know what it is, but I kind of dig this guy. Yeah. Um. So I was totally fine. Yeah, with I this. like him. A lot. He's interesting. Um. I I just, I like his look. I Me think too. he's interesting. He's just like he's short, but he's uh, he's not. He's under six feet tall. He's like if you. I feel like he's like if you took Pete Dunn and just compressed him down. And took out most of his teeth. Yeah, and so I. I don't know. How, his, how do you get your teeth like that? His promo style fit right, so yeah, I, I was totally sure. fine. No, with I liked it. it. It was a quick little thing. Then we get another um, strange vignette, which is Kenny Williams, right? So he's frantically watching highlights of Tiger Turan, and like he's clearly obsessed with this. He has the classic like wall of photos connected with pieces of string all over the place, right? Um, he says he'll find out who it is and rip him limb from limb. I mean, it's kind of funny because we all know who it is. I mean, if we're wrong, I'll be shocked, right? If it's... I, it looks like him too. Right. Um, but I think he's actually a pretty good actor, right? I like, like him. He's doing well in this unhinged role. Um, but I think it's odd that they placed back to back, like revenge centered segments, like wild boar, I'm going to get revenge. And then this guy, same idea, but so maybe well, not. I feel like Tiger Turan is the one getting revenge. Yeah. But uh, if it's who we think it is, obviously. Right, but uh, I thought it was pretty interesting, to be honest. I no, I like I like him actually. He's I a think good he's, performer. He's, I like him as like the mid card guy, and now Devlin gone, I have to pick a new favorite, which would Spoiler. be Noam Dar. But I guess I'll Kenny Williams is one of the guys I like. Yep. Um, and yeah, I, I liked it. Um, Bayface heel. So we get Jordan Devlin versus Ilya Dragunov in the main event for the NXT UK Championship. Loser leaves. Added stipulation. Yes, loser leave towns. I have lots of notes on this one, apparently. So I'll try and go quickly. Can't blame me. Um, I thought 
definitely enough stakes on this match, right, to make it sort of yeah, matter. For sure. Holds and counters early to show how evenly matched they are. And different because the last one was the empty arena. And I was underwhelmed by oh. that one, honestly. I like that. I liked it, but I didn't love it. Yeah. Because both of these guys are awesome, so I was hoping for more. Yeah. You get a forearm exchange. Devlin goes to the eyes to get an advantage early on, establishing that he is indeed, in fact, the heel here. Um, it felt like they were setting up for a superplex, but remember, Devlin ends up hitting a brainbuster onto on the, the top turnbuckle, and then he hits like hard to the floor. Too. Yeah, Dragonov falls really hard. I thought it looked awesome. Right. So then, from then on, Dragonov is selling his neck, which works into this match quite a bit here. So Devlin obviously attacks the neck, hits a backdrop driver and a leg drop to the back of the neck, among other things, in a little flurry here. Um, Devlin blocks a running clothesline from Dragunov and Dragunov ends up running into the ropes and like he was running so fast that the whiplash sort of hurt his neck which I thought was a cool little detail as well we get a clothesline attempt countered into a nice Spanish fly by Devlin who then is like strutting around and posing for the crowd a little bit we get a deep single leg crab by Devlin after some stomps to Dragunov's neck um, we get these raging downward elbows by Dragunov Stiff running clothesline by Dragunov and a discus clothesline. Both men are down for a little bit. We get a German suplex, kick to the back of the head, and another German suplex from Dragunov. Uh, a gotch lift into a suplex by Dragunov. Then a huge slap knots Dragunov off the top rope to the floor. We get a running punt by Devlin, but this time it's to the back of Dragunov's neck, which makes sense. Obviously, this is the targeted area. And then a springboard moonsault from Devlin that looked pretty good. We get an inside-out neckbreaker by Devlin for two as he continues the attack on Dragunov's neck. We get a superplex and a falling forearm to the grounded Devlin for a two-count. Devlin then dodges Torpedo Moscow. Dragunov runs into the turnbuckle. We get a Devlin inside, and Devlin gets the pin here, even though Dragunov clearly gets his foot on the ropes, but the ref didn't see it. Johnny Saint comes down, and obviously he's going to restart the match. We get a headbutt by Dragunov, and he sort of grabs his neck. He kind of regrets leading with the headbutt, which, again, a detail I liked. I, I really liked his right. selling of the neck in this match. We get Torpedo Moscow, but it's countered with a destroyer, then a brainbuster, but Dragunov kicks out. I thought that was an awesome little that was sequence. Sweet, yeah. Devlin then goes for a 450, but misses, and Dragunov hits Torpedo Moscow to the back of the neck. We get a headbutt exchange, German suplex. And another Torpedo Moscow, and Dragunov retains his championship in about 15 minutes. Did you want to go first? Rigged. What, what were your thoughts on this? Rigged. What do you mean? Should have won. Oh, okay. Referees screw up all the time, man. It's true. SummerSlam 2011, man. It's true. Did Cena get a redo? No. Johnny Saint wasn't there paying attention, you know? Johnny Saint is a dumb idiot. What did you think He's of the match? Dumb geezer um i liked it a lot i think it was pretty good i think devlin i think devlin was really good like um the he, neck i feel like he got showcased good. more here he got more showcased i which, thought so which is fine kind of fitting great. i guess yep um i think the neck target was really cool because i think it started out good with that brainbuster on the ropes and then um it also kind of lends itself to his finisher which is cool yes um and then johnny Cena had to screw that up um i like devlin though he or sorry, I mean Dragonov, like because he had that final flurry, which took a lot. So at least that puts Devlin down for right. Him. Like it was, it was a lot there. What two yep. finishers within other things? So right. I, th I think it was good. I liked it better than the first one. I Me think. too, definitely. Um, I think they are like skilled enough to put on a better match without stuff. I I like the other one still, but um, I think this one was really good. Yeah, I I like this one considerably like, better. Nice last hurrah for Jordan Devlin or whatever he will be named next. Because I am. Almost positive he will get his name changed, and I will cry myself to he sleep. Will, uh, depends. Did he have that name before, or is it his uh, real name? Um, I don't. Know. I will check right now. So uh, yeah, really good match with Devlin 
seemed to me like he controlled the majority of it, and he was kind of working like a methodical style, and it came across Damn as... Damn it, his name is Jordan Devlin. Yeah, he's done. Uh, he came across as like relentless and calculated, which I like, targeting the neck almost the whole time. And then Dragunov continues to be awesome in the in this this guy who can take all the punishment and keep on fighting and never stop, right? I thought he sold his neck really well. Um, the false finish was fine, but I did telegraph the actual finish, right? It tends to do that. They should honestly do a false finish and then have the same person win, right? That would they be... Should do... That's what they should have done here. This is the time. Right. Uh, excellent TV main event, I thought. Um, I thought Devlin in particular looked impressive. Not that Dragunov didn't, but I really felt Devlin Remember looked he was awesome Cruiserweight here. champion? That was a um, And so he's going to probably head to NXT 2.0 where my note says he'll job to Solo Sokoa, right? <laughs> that feels about right to me. Right. And he will get his name changed, I bet, because uh, it would appear as if his name is Jordan Devlin. So, so that's, yeah, they can't have that. That is sad. What has Pete done, really? Now I'm curious. Overall, I really enjoyed this episode. We got two strong matches. I thought the opener and main event were okay, both... Okay, his name's Peter, so... ...were both uh, really good. Yeah, for sure. So in a one-hour show, that's really strong, right? I, and I enjoyed the Wild Boar promo, and then we got two strange segments with Mastiff Stars and the Kenny Williams one, <laughs> which I liked. So I actually had a lot of fun this week watching this show, and on the strength of those two matches especially, I gave this an A- minus this week, because for an hour show with two really good matches and a segment I really liked, like, that's that's a pretty good show. So A-minus for me. What about you? Yeah, the opener was quite good. I think um, puts Karn Smith in a good spot. Um, segments, uh, what was... There was the two weird ones, which were pretty good. Oh, right, Wild Boar. That one was good. And then the main event was really good, I think. Uh, the squash with the women was okay, but that was just... It wasn't really there much. Um, I didn't love Damon Kemp or Lash Legend. No, me either. Um, so Hence the minus of my A. Right. <laughs> Um, I think it was a really good show, though. I think um, I liked it a lot, too. I will also agree with that. It's probably my favorite show of the week by my grade, right? Yeah. And again, an hour. When it's, when it's good, it flies by, right? Yeah. If you put a couple good matches on there, it's not a chore at all. Easy watch. It does make me miss NXT, but at the same time, I like two-hour two black and gold NXT. A hundred percent. Like, I'll as take... as good as it gets. Right. Super indie one NXT. One-hour NXT was sick, though. Super indie NXT was a special but, time. Yeah. Even two hour NXT was good, but one hour NXT, it, it, it this does harken back to a bit. Perfect segue because we're going to move <gasps> into our next segment. We're going to talk are... about that madness, and we like to call this any other wrestling business. All right, so NXT 2.0, you saw the main event. I know that. Did you see anything else? I can't remember. I'm old. Was the Legato segment this show? There was some legato where, where stuff. They, where they met D'Angelo, or is that last week? No, that was last week. Oh, the sit down. Okay. The sit How down, dare yeah. you? Right. Yes, that was last week. Uh, we, no, I saw the main event. But we um, do get plenty of I them this week. that's it. Okay, well, so let me fill you in on all the glorious stuff uh, you missed. I'm sure you will. We start off with a recap of the main event of last, sorry, a recap of last week's main event, which was Braun Breaker defeating Joe Gacy to retain the NXT Spring Championship. Breaking. And remember when it went off the air, I don't know if you remember, there were two hooded figures on the apron. Yeah, I the saw the actual apron. clip of that on Instagram. So then we get footage of what happened after that, which was the hooded... So why not put it on the show? I don't know. They attacked Braun Breaker after the show went off the air, um, laying him out, putting him on a stretcher and carrying him away. So kidnapping, kidnapping, kidnapping. It's like <laughs> so they're obsessed with it. It's crazy Maybe they right just, now. They're huge Steiner fans. Maybe it's Joe coming up again. just a Steiner super fan. So we then see Gacy in a car saying Braun thought he won, but there are many forms of victory. 
Braun is pulled out of the car with a burlap sack on his head, and Gacy tells Braun this is Braun's time to be all alone, sure. He laughs maniacally as they apparently leave him in a field, I guess. Um, It's just not interesting. It's silly. It doesn't feel like they're trying to be dramatic, and it's not working for me. More kidnapping, more cryptic words from Gacy. Who really cares? And when you have so many juvenile comedic storylines in this show, like you still have a character who wrestles in pajamas, right? But now you're trying to like take make an attempt at drama. It's too it's too big of a range for me, and right. you're not doing any of it well. So that's right. even more of a problem, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it this feels very much main roster now, and it's just no reaction from me at all. It's just kind of there, you know. We then get Toxic Attraction defending the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships against Wendy Chu. Speaking of people in pajamas, and Roxanne, what's her last name? Perez. Perez. That's right. Uh, so the faces end up attacking Toxic Attraction before the bell. So they have control of Dolan early on. We get a really sloppy head scissors into a roll-up by Roxanne, which surprised me because she's pretty good usually. JC Jane tags herself in, takes control of the match. The heels isolate Roxanne for a bit, and it's really boring for the most part, according to my notes. I believe me. Mm. <laughs> uh, Jane turns her attention to Wendy Chu on the apron. That allows Roxanne to escape. She makes the hot tag to pajama-clad Wendy Chu. Uh, Chu holds the rope so Roxanne can hit a dive to both of Toxic Attraction on the outside. Mandy Rose then grabs Wendy Chu's ankle, then that allows the heels to take over the match again. We get a handspring twisting splash by Roxanne, followed by Chu's sleepy elbow drop. Things break down, and as Roxanne sets up for a code red, she gets hit with a super kick and pinned by JC Jane after 10 minutes. Chu then attacks after the match, but the numbers game gets the better of her. Um, I thought this was just okay. I don't think Roxanne looked very good here, and I've seen her look better many times before. And Wendy Chu even, because I think outside of her stupid pajama-wearing gimmick, she's actually got some cool stuff in the ring, but I didn't see a lot of it in this match. Um, There wasn't anything that really stood out here. And Toxic Attraction just continue to, like, they're just flat. They're just not interesting. Like, I get what they were trying to do, even if, I don't support necessarily what they were trying to do, but I can't imagine they feel like Toxic Attraction are delivering what they're what they asked them to. So I'm not sure why what's taking so long to move on from this act, but they kept the belts here. So, anyways, um, earlier this week, Grayson Waller and Tiffany Stratton, because they sort of formed a bit of a union last week, right? They're out shopping, um, trying to help Waller get over his loss to Nathan Fraser. A bit of retail therapy, I guess. Basically, they blame Chase University, rip on them for a little bit, and that's the gist of this little segment. And I I still think this combination can work. Um, Stratton's really committed to this character. She's making the the most out of it. Um, She's kind of impressive, actually, and I I like Grayson Waller as well, compared to almost everything else that's on this program. We then get Diamond Mine. They're arguing backstage. The Creeds feel their win is tainted because Strong got involved running by hitting it. What was it, an elbow last week? I think when he ran by, right? Um, so the Creeds didn't appreciate his involvement and they're going to face the Viking Raiders again next week and they want to do it the right way this time. Roddy basically teases a new member of Dime. Oh, this is making sense to me now. <laughs> um, oh no, sorry. There's a separate issue there. But anyways, they, he teases a new member of Diamond Mind who has an amateur background and it's Damon Kemp. Damon Kemp. So he's on NXT UK and NXT 2.0. What, like a day apart, right? 
No, two days. Two Tuesday, days. Tuesday and Thursday. So he flew back over, I guess. <laughs> Maybe. Um, Julius gets in Roddy's face and says that it should have been a group decision and they'll talk about it later. So I don't know. Like, I guess Damon Kemp and Diamond Mine make sense because of his amateur background. But I, as I said, talking about UK, I haven't been impressed with him. Um, this story is fine, right? At least it's realistic. Like, they don't, they have new leadership in Roderick Strong. They don't like new re- leadership. They want to win cleanly and Roderick Strong wants to win by any means necessary so compared to uh, the rest of the nonsense on this show this storyline doesn't bother me that much between the creeds and Roddy it's fine compared to everything else Mm -hmm. Uh, so Gacy now has two druids with him or whatever you want to call them hooded figures so they head to the ring with him so we he speaks and he says Braun must face the next chapter alone Gacy opened the door of inclusion and anyone can be part of real change he talks about two men proving their worth and going above and beyond. And the crowd is chanting, shut the hell up. And it doesn't feel like heal heat. It feels like we just don't want you here, right? right. Um, yeah, it doesn't look good. He says, these are the faces of change and his expansion has begun. He invites Braun to join their movement as well. And he says that hardship awaits those who resist. So I honestly was a bit surprised that it was just an in-ring promo, no reveal of anybody. I guess the idea is we're supposed to build intrigue as to who his two recruits are, but I personally don't care. I'm not sure many people do. Felt like this was just kind of filling time. Um, And it was this and the opening recap. So we've already had, however, we're not even an hour in, and there's been a lot of Joe Gacy so far. So not my favorite thing. We then get Saray. She speaks to Andre Chase, but it's in Japanese. We get the subtitles. She wants to make his match with Grayson Waller a mixed tag match. Obviously, Chase doesn't understand, but surprisingly, Bodie Hayward does. And I think basically it was something like, you speak Japanese, and the implication is that Bodie's taking Japanese courses at Chase University, I guess. So that's fine. Um, Who would be teaching those? Like Ikemen Jiro? I don't know. No, not Kushida. They have a lot of very, very um, experienced faculty at Chase University, okay? Um, but the problem here is Andre Chase says he's going to go try and get the match made. Why? Uh, suddenly now there's a matchmaker. I don't know. People have been making their own matches for months now. Yeah. All he has to do is speak it into existence. You don't have to go talk to anybody about it. Just make it. Exactly. So clearly he didn't get that memo of just make your own matches and stipulations all the time. Exactly. So he's going to talk to somebody. I'd love to know who about getting um, this match made. Who's the matchmaker here? Uh, Sean Michaels, I guess, technically, probably. I think he's around. Or Bruce Pritchard. Anyways, we get this Ivy Nile challenge. It's a recurring thing to get her on the show a lot without having her speak, which is a very good idea because speak not so strong. Um, so she's doing a push-up challenge with some of the recu- recruits for Diamond Mine, I guess it is, because we started with a large number and the, that number keeps sort of dwindling down as these challenges happen. She tells them if they can't go, then they gotta go, and she does not sound good but that's all she said here. Um, They then introduce all of the women in the breakout tournament, and they're on stage. They all get sort of a quick introduction, and then we move right into our first breakout match, which is Fallon Henley taking on the 19-year-old Sloane Jacobs. So she reminds me a bit of Isla Dawn in appearance, like she's pale, seems kind of tall, etc., etc. Anyways, Briggs and Jensen eventually come down mid-match to support uh, Fallon Henley, And it's kind of a fast pace to start, and then they slow down, and Henley's applying some submissions in the middle of the ring. There's a final flurry by Jacobs, ends with a neckbreaker, but Henley hits a backbreaker and eventually a shining wizard, I guess it was, to win this match in less than five minutes. Honestly, 
in the limited time she got here, I see some potential in Fallon Henley. She looks strong, um, like physically strong. She looks athletic and she showed a little bit of charisma. Like I think she shows more charisma than Briggs and Jensen do. So I actually think there's, I came out of this being like a little bit interested in seeing a, a bit more of Fallon Henley. So I guess in that sense, the tournament did something for me today. Um, then we've got Mackenzie. She's backstage talking to Escobar about kidnapping because everybody's kidnapping everybody. So Escobar kidnapped. Do you know who? He, do you remember who he kidnapped last week? The guy. AJ Galante. Yes. Yes. Okay. So they I always kid- think it's Galenta. He is um, Tony D'Angelo's consigliere. I feel ridiculous even talking about this stuff. But anyways, Escobar kidnapped him last week. Santos says AJ Galante shouldn't have even been at that meeting. I don't know why. Uh, and when he sat down sorry he be well, when he sat down at the, the sit down he became fair game um he knows he could never survive in legato streets tony is now going to learn that you can't get in their business and walk away i really hope that they just speed through this stupid angle it's really hurting escobar escobar is awesome and this is dragging him down uh alba fire is next nope she's not because in the parking lot what's his name cruz del toro is yes. that right? So Cruz del Toro goes to start the car and Tony D'Angelo is standing in front of it. Um, he has one of his, as I call his nephews, but I guess it's technically his goons, is in the backseat, attacks uh, Cruz. They pull him out of the car, keep beating on him as Tony says, his boy did this to him, not Tony. I saw this. I saw it on Instagram for some reason. They throw him in the trunk of their car and drive off and they're going to send a message. Oh boy, that NXT parking lot, eh? You gotta be careful. Oh, the parking lot strikes again. So more kidnapping, because we've got AJ Galante kidnapped, Braun Breaker kidnapped, Rick Steiner kidnapped, now Cruz del Toro kidnapped. Like, this, find something else to do, man. Honestly, who's writing this? Well, kidnapping, super, super hot. Kidnapping's so hot right now. We gotta ride this out. <laughs> exactly. Um, we then get Amari Miller. And I, for, she got stretchered out at some point and injured. They showed that. She's back. I forget what I don't, it was. I don't, I don't know. She's taken on Alba Fire, which is Kaylee Ray. Um, Fire now brings her bat in a sheath on her back like a sword, basically. She's got a little case for it. I'm not a fan of her ring gear. It was like black with a bit of like, I a, don't know, like... a Scottish, I'm sure, plaid yeah. around kind of. It almost looks like she's doing the grunge like plaid shirt tied around her waist, but it's That's actually part I of her gear. Um, That's what I thought it was. We then get a split screen in the middle of this match as Ivy Nile is now doing a burpee competition as more of the recruits are sort of dropping out because they can't keep up with her. We get a headbutt and, you ready? The firebomb. Yeah, I saw. (laughs) Super creative, guys. Good job. Firebomb and top rope senton by Alba Fire, and she wins. And then, oh my god, it was the most scripted. It's like, who's the commentary guy now? Vic Joseph, Wade Barrett. It was like he was waiting Vic Joseph for the moment because he goes, fire has ignited her rebirth. And I just like, it made me cringe. It was such a scripted WWE nonsense line. Um, So, I mean, Amari Miller got more offense than I thought she would. And I mean, what can I really say about a match this short, right? It was a couple minutes. Um, I guess the goal was to reintroduce Alba Fire with her new name and gimmick, whatever. So maybe successful because, yep, she existed. That's for sure. (laughs) <laughs> um carmelo hayes and trick williams arrive in the parking lot and get kidnapped oh just kidding they actually didn't get kidnapped but <laughs> i'm surprised they didn't really um they didn't get like beat up or no harassed well kind of you could suggest that yes though they, they approach the building 
Solo Sokoa opens the door and says, not today, boys, and closes the door. Great. So Hayes and Williams walk off to find another way in. Like, this is your badass street fighter, Solo Sokoa, just like not, just closing the door. That's, <laughs> I don't know, just made me yeah. laugh a little bit. Kind of felt out of character. Um, we then have Mackenzie talking to Cora Jade backstage about her main event match against Natalia tonight. She says, of course she's nervous, but Natty is not facing the same girl she met as a little kid or the one I think she said she DM'd last year. Or even the same girl she hit with a cheap shot a couple weeks ago. Tonight, she's going to prove to everyone that she can belong against a future Hall of Famer. Um, I just think she sounds pretty rough and uncomfortable still. And for me, she shouldn't be anywhere near a main event, especially in a singles match. I loved it. You said she's your Shotzi Blackheart. She is my... Like, just everything about her, I don't get it. I don't like it. I she's don't... not good at anything. And obviously, she's super young. So she could turn out to be like the next, I don't know... Yoshirai or Kaylee Ray or something. Oh, okay. She could turn out to be... She's, well, who's she's Kaylee? 20. Who's Kaylee Sorry, Ray? Sorry, Alba Fire. Oh, she was another one in the UK package That's right. we forgot she was. about, right? She was. <laughs> um, so she shouldn't be in a main event singles match, but whatever. Uh, Solo Sokoa makes his way to the ring to talk. The crowd loves this guy. They're chanting for him. He tells us that he's um, he's taken Hayes' time, because Hayes was supposed to have this segment, I guess, and it's Sokoa's time now. He says he'll watch the Grimes-Hayes match, and he's got next no matter who it is. Grimes' music hits, he comes out. He said he respects Solo like the crowd does, and he understands that Sokoa wants another chance at the title. But at In Your House, it's Grimes versus Mello one-on-one. But have no fear, once he defeats Carmelo Hayes, Solo Sokoa has his word that if Solo wants a shot at the title, then he'll be the next one. Mello and Trick Williams attack Grimes as um, Solo Sokoa is walking up the ramp, sort of oblivious to what's happening behind him. He finally does notice what's going on behind him, comes back to take out Trick Williams. He's about to, I forget what he's going to do. He took out Hayes and was, I think, going up for the splash maybe. Anyways, Hayes ends up escaping and retreats. So Sokoa picks up the title, kind of looks at it, right, and then hands it to Grimes to end the segment. He picked it up, so he's not winning. Uh, I actually had no problem with this segment. Again, it's a really simple story, right? They all want the title. They all think they deserve it. And and again, in a show that's got such nonsense going on, I wish they had more things that were straightforward like this. So I had no issue with this. Sokoa's solid on the mic, solid in the ring. The other two guys are awesome. So I this is probably my favorite storyline on this show, I would say. Um, so now we're back to more Legato. God. They head to their vehicle and they notice that Cruz is missing. So Escobar calls D'Angelo. You know, has him on his phone, obviously. Mm-hmm. They're buddies, I guess. Um, D'Angelo starts out playing dumb, right? And reminds Escobar that Galante is missing too. Everybody's kidnapped somebody. We all have hostages at this point, apparently. Um, they end up agreeing to a match for next week. And Tony yells some threats before Escobar <laughs> simply goes, Hey, D'Angelo, F you. But he didn't say that. But they sort of they, they blurred it out, right? And then he hangs up. And then uh, protect the children. Tony D'Angelo flips a table in an angry rage. Oh, not the table. Way too much of this story on this show is my only comment on that. Um, Fraser, that is, what's his first name? Nathan Fraser. He talks to Mackenzie about winning his debut, and he says tonight he's cheering for Chase U because they're his boys. Zion Quinn shows up for some reason and offers him advice, including he should run it straight. But Fraser doesn't know what that means. 
And Wesley shows up and says, see, that nobody knows what that means. Because I think he said it to Wesley last week or the week before. And Lee was like, what does run it straight mean? So now we have another person that doesn't understand. And Lee shows up to comment on that. And it looks like Lee and Quinn will have a match, which means that Lee will get another quick loss on his record, yep. I would assume. Because what else is he there for? We then get the mixed tag match, which is Waller and Stratton taking on Saray and Andre Chase. So... This was kind of funny, actually. Saray, as they're coming through, right, leads Chase and Bodhi through the transformation smoke thing that she goes through. So Bodhi ends up coming out the other side in a crop top and a wig. So I guess he's basically like a cheerleader here or a schoolgirl. And Andre Chase's sweater is now a different color. I think it went from red to blue, but don't quote me on that. Um, so the men start out as Chase gets an advantage. Waller quickly tags out. Saray's in control on the mat, and she basically, I think she was spanking Tiffany Stratton at one point repeatedly here. We get an assisted moonsault by Stratton to Andre Chase. Saray hot tag leads to drop kicks, but Waller saves Stratton from that one where she's sitting against the ropes, the Saray signature drop kick. But Waller ends up taking it instead. So again, the ref's not really enforcing the rules here. As long as it's the woman beating up the man, it's totally fine, right? The ref doesn't seem to care. We get the twisting Vader bomb by Stratton, but Bodhi breaks up the count with an air horn blast that distracts the ref from again. making the count. Yep. Um, but this time it's distracting the ref, not the competitors. Stratton hits a slingshot crossbody to Hayward on the floor. But when she gets back in the ring, of course, she gets rolled up by Saray. So we get our distraction roll up because that's what we have to have on this show. Kidnappings and distraction roll ups by the dozen. Um, actually, it was a decent match for NXT 2.0. But the distraction roll up is just like it's been played to death at this point. Um, Ivy Nile and the recruits now are doing walking lunges with Bulgarian bags. Why is this a running thing? I think they just want her on the show and they can't have her talk. Right. So this is what you get. Um, so more trainees are dropping out because this is too hard. They just can't keep up with her. So we get then Mackenzie is now with Robert Stone. Sorry, Mr. Stone. How dare I? And Von <laughs> Wagner, your boy. Oh, uh, everyone's it's boy. It's your boy, Von Wagner. It's his world too. Mr. Stone says their actions against Jiro and Jensen, because I think they attacked them, right? I, I don't even... Everything Jiro Wagner does is just like... I barely remember it. It's so uninspiring and un mm. it's just not memorable. Anyways, it's an example of what happens when you step to Von Wagner. Jiro runs in angry and starts attacking and security rush in and try and separate them. Cool. Ariana Grace is backstage. I think that's, um, what's his name? Uh, Santino's daughter. I'm pretty sure. What? Which one? Ariana Grace. I'm pretty sure, yeah. So she's backstage prepping for her match with Nikita Lyons, which is next, as if it's not next, because next, it's backstage Toxic Attraction walk up and try to sound like they're a little bit supportive um, and checking in on Indy Hartwell and her breakup. And Indy says she feels like it's been crazy. She feels like she's lost control. And then Mandy just starts laughing at her and is more like, no, no, I can't understand how you feel because no one's ever broken up with me is basically Mandy's thing, doing the mean girl stuff they always do. she's hot. They laugh some more and Indy ends up walking off. We then get Nikita Lyons taken on Ariana Grace. Grace denies the handshake, lands a strike instead. Lyons tries to break the armbar with, you know the scene where someone has an armbar and you try and pick them up and powerbomb them? Like the yeah, cut. Yeah. So she tries that but gets Grace off the mat like maybe four inches and then puts her back down. That the, that that sounds like on the 2K animation. Like there's, uh, I remember I think it was in actually 2K14 when I was playing the the streak thing. Like, yeah. Um, you get like 
because it's the streak mode, so they opt like the difficulty. And sometimes Taker will randomly put you in the Hell's Gate if you go for a ground move. Right. And like one of the reversals is either like he just releases it when you get out, like you know, remember the breaking point. Yes. Uh, mini game. Yep. Um, and or like you lift them up like really low and drop them. That's sort what of. this was. Yeah. So maybe it was on purpose. I in the moment I didn't think it was, so I don't know. Um, Grace then starts working on Lion's arm. Lion's takes over, wins with her split leg, uh, leg drop. Her splits leg drop in three minutes. So I don't know, like, what can I say, right? I can't evaluate new talent in like a three minute match. So I, it looks like they're trying to put Grace over as like sort of some amateur kind of background and she knows submissions and stuff like that. So that's fine. We'll see where it goes. Back to Ivy Nile again. Now it's battle ropes and pull-ups with a heavy chain around your neck. I think there's only one or two recruits left at this point. Anyways, she outlasts all of them. They can't keep up. She says one line. I don't remember what it was, but she sounds super wooden still. Like, really, she and Von Wagner should just have a conversation on the show, <laughs> just for my amusement. Cora Jade has a journal. Did you know that? Did you know she's always uh, loved wrestling? Nah, we she get... really loves and respects Natalia. Right. We get a recap of that whole deal. Um, then That's we, what that was. Then we get the Viking Raiders. They say they respect the creeds for not wanting to accept the tainted victory from last week, I guess it was. They point out, and you said that it was accurate, right? That they've never lost in NXT before. And next week, when the bell rings, respect and honor will be put to the side. In one week's time, the raid is coming, and Ragnarok awaits. I love that movie. Right. Uh, solid promo, I don't know, in Viking Raiders style, it's fine. Uh, I'm looking forward the to the rematch, so actually, because the first match was quite good. Main event time, which you watched with me. Cora Jade taking on Natalia. We get holds and counters and a slightly botched flip by Jade early on. Remember, at first of all, her kip up looked like she barely got it. Then she, remember, she was had one hand on the rope and she was she trying to. She tried to do like the flip out of the arm ringer and she just did not get land that. It. Yeah. Um, step up head scissors by Jade and she tries for a sharpshooter, but Natalia escapes to the floor. Surfboard by Natalia, but Jade escapes and hits a weak basement dropkick. Remember, you saw that. You're like, that did. That and that's what like, I mean. Nothing looks like, a like tap it hurt. Because she had her like legs bent and it just barely any impact anyways well jade... and it's right on like the chest right which yes there's a lot of protection there for natty <laughs> jade slaps natty and hits more arm drags which it seems like jade's signature move because it's like one of the first things you learn right is arm drags and hip tosses and stuff so she does a whole bunch of them um high knee and a tornado ddt by jade i actually to be fair thought that combination looked pretty good the high knee tornado ddt looked solid jade <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing it in my mind. Here's my note. Jade takes a back bump off the top rope all by herself for some reason, question mark. Right. She tried to do like the rollover like Darby Allen, but she just ended up looking like she missed a swanton. Like, With nobody like, there. Party. Yeah. Exactly. Looked like she was supposed to, I think, jump off and yeah, like do a graceful somersault and then get up and she just didn't. <laughs> she awesome. still got up, but she took a bump. Right. Um, attempted figure four on the post, but Jade fights out of it. We get a springboard double stomp by Jade for two. An awkward-looking sliced bread by Jade. This is where I'm like, she honestly really struggles to do things cleanly. It's almost like she's trying to do too much too soon in her career, and all of it looks a little bit, like, to be kind, unorthodox, I guess is the nicest right. way to say it. Um, Jade gets caught coming off the ropes. Natty applies a sharpshooter. Jade passes out, even though, as you pointed out, Natty looks like she's releasing the hold, right? You're like, she's letting go when she passes right. out. Yeah, it, it was like, I was... 
and you, she, she was talking, and I was like, oh, they're going to do the Stone Cold thing or something, and then like they kind of did that. They did, minus the, the cool facial of the crimson mask. Right? Minus but Austin being a good like wrestler. Minus really good wrestling being involved. <laughs> minus yeah. good wrestling and a bit good match Other than that, exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Natty, and we were also joking about, they're like, see, AEW, you're not the only ones that can do callbacks to Bret Hart matches. Exactly. Uh, so Natty wins after 14 minutes handshake and a hug afterwards so is this natalia doing her like she has changed heel to babyface more times than maybe anyone other than like kane and big show so i feel <laughs> oh, like kane. I don't, ooh, that's is, not is this happening again like i don't know anyways fine i guess because she didn't tap her like she didn't tap out I, I respect know. she respects <laughs> her now right uh, this was fine, I guess. I I still find Jade rough around the edges and pretty limited in the ring. Like they're pushing her faster than she's ready. I think, in my opinion, it was better than the other tournament matches, but because it, it got more time. But that is really not saying anything because the other ones were like three and four minutes, right? Um, so I was a little bit surprised by the outcome. I thought they were gonna go with because this breakout tournament, right? How is Nat Natalia in a breakout thing or was is this she? part of the no, tournament no oh, it, wasn't? it wasn't okay good. good it better not be because it wouldn't make sense <laughs> anyways um this so this show overall the tournament was the most of it right it's going pretty much how you would expect unspectacular really short matches with nothing really of note happening the main event was longer but pretty much not much more interesting it felt to me like you were watching a trainer and a trainee wrestling an extended match but but it's on TV, but, right? It's not good. I feel like this is something where it's like, arm drag, arm drag, now do this, now do that. But <laughs> it's on TV. Uh, none of the matches this week are worth seeking out to watch. Neither were any of the segments, especially the ongoing D'Angelo and Escobar stuff is just far too much. Um, an okay show at best. I gave it a C- minus this week. So that is it for me. Right. Um, what did you... What we, I said you could talk about. What did you rewatch you, for any other wrestling business? You rewatched the uh, Angelico entrance compilation. No, you watched the yeah, NXT I did match. That too. Well, yeah, but because uh, I read a news thing about Jack Evans, right? So I was like, oh, Angelico. Um, and then also, but you watched an NXT match. Yeah, I watched. I was because I was looking at on demand. They didn't have a lot of takeover, so I was like, I'll watch something from nxt and then so i decided to watch the takeover in your house main event from last year which was that five way um it's still really good particularly when Kieran cross is not present right in the ring yes um i really like the part towards them where like they do like these like this sequence of double team moves which were really cool like just like fast like i don't know it was really good um it was still as good as i remember i really liked that match i remember it it being one of our favorite cross matches and he gets thrown through the door and is out of it for like a good chunk of it it was still awesome. I, I that, really liked it. The one sequence, because I saw a bit of it with you, when they he took out everybody on the ring on ringside, he actually looked pretty good. That there. was cool, yeah, because he killed Gargano on the he apron, did. and like, then he just sort of shoved them all over the barricade. Yeah, some of the sequences when it was just the other four was like it was awesome. I think it was cool. I think the finish was um pretty good too. Like I remember, like like that was alright. I mean, cross one, which sucked, but right. they did it well. Um, but yeah, I generally liked that. It was it was still really good. It was. I don't it's know a good why match. I wanted to watch that, but I did because we want to harken back to a time when NXT was fun. Right? And <laughs> that just was enjoyable. Fun. Good. Um, I didn't ask you ahead of time. Do you have figuring it out this week? Ah, uh, they have given me nothing. There is no figuring it out this week, so that's gonna bring us to the end of episode ninety-five. And look at that—we're under two hours again, unless this outro takes six minutes. So, 
Um, yeah, thank you for joining us for episode 95. We'll be back next Saturday for sure. I don't think there's anything special in between, right? There's no pay-per-views or anything this uh, week? That'd be tonight or tomorrow. Nope. Can't think of anything. No, there isn't. No. So yeah, we'll be back next Saturday. We hope you come back and join us again. If you'd like to contact us, please do fnswrestling at gmail.com or on Instagram, fns underscore wrestling underscore podcast. Or if you're one of the few listening on YouTube, just throw a comment there. I promise you will get a reply from us. Again, asking for what would you like to see anything different on episode 100. Yeah, I, I want to do something, but I have no idea. We'll have to think about it. So any yep. ideas are welcome. Love to hear from you. For sure. Thanks for joining. Anytime you take out of your day to listen to us talk about wrestling, we really do appreciate it. We look forward to seeing you back here next Saturday for episode 96. And until then, take care.